Hi, folks. This podcast is dominated by noises from our animals. I mean, not dominated, but earlier I was trying to record and I had a one-eyed cat staring at me. And I think there's a small, I don't see her, orange cat somewhere in the studio. And noise happens. Maybe the dogs will bark. The chickens are asleep, so that's not a worry. I should also mention that this is an extra sweary episode. You'll understand why in a minute or two. Probably less. But it should be considered PG-13. We're not going to talk about anything considered, you know, explicit or naughty. But I don't have any choices between explicit or clean on the various podcasting services, so I have to mark it explicit. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 87. We have a special guest, a reappearing guest, something. My brain's a little addled. I just finished working out... Dorsai thing, I was running it. I'm still recovering. It's been three days since it ended. That should tell you how how much work went into it. So I'm I'm gonna dispense with everything else and we're gonna go straight to talk to Dino Sarma about getting a job and making resumes and things like that. I hope you guys really enjoy it, and we'll be back with that right after this. Hi, folks. I am back again with Dino. Dino Sarna. Sarna Sarma. I can never remember. Sarma. Sarma. Yeah. I write it down properly. I just don't always pronounce it properly. And Dino and I have been talking over email about job hunting and the reaction you guys have been having to our other interview. And it's just been awesome because Dino's awesome like that. And this time, instead of going through the usual interview questions, we thought we'd talk a little bit about hunting for jobs and what makes for a good resume or an interview stuff. Cause this is something, Dino, you know a lot about. Yes. And it's um, mainly by accident because what ends up happening is that I'll start at a job um, and Disclaimer, um, this will not necessarily apply to everybody's situation. Um, most of my, my jobs have been since um, I quit the university. They've been with uh, small businesses mm-hmm. um, run by like, you know, one person and then one other person who's, you know, holding down the fort, so to speak. Um, you know, restaurants, uh, uh, laundromats, um, you know, all these small, small businesses that help, you know, a city function but not necessarily big, huge corporations where they have a whole nother set of requirements. But there are some commonalities across the board regardless. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I've, I've, I myself have applied um, to an so interview happen- with big, small, uh-huh. in-between. So I'm familiar with mm-hmm. all the different processes, at least from an applicant perspective. Sometimes as an interviewer, but mostly as the applicant or person being interviewed. Right. So what would happen is that I would start off at these small businesses, and I have this desire to fix things that I see that aren't working as well as they could. So I started working with um, the restaurant and uh, was working as a waiter slash line cook on some nights. And it was fine, but I would be at the restaurant, you know, serving people at their tables. And then I would know 
but is that the menus look like shit and the website looks like ass and that, you know, there are ways to fix this. Um, oh. And I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say restaurant website looking like ass. Oh, yeah. 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 I, for me, it's always uh, I start a job and I look at like the monitoring system and I'm like, why am I finding out 10 minutes after something went down or 15 minutes something went down that it 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 was down? Why is it sending me emails yep. and not paging me? You know, there's always something I will find that needs to be fixed that they've been living with and just, oh, well, we haven't had time to really look at that yet. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. This has to be fixed right now. And if it doesn't get fixed, it's going to cost us money. It's going to cost us productivity. It's going to cost us annoyance. Um, yeah. Case oh, yeah. in point, the restaurant, you know how ever restaurant owner likes to put pictures of their you know family and food and god knows what in an ever endless scroll of just nightmare shit oh, god, oh here's yeah. every review that i got in a newspaper here's every review i got on um you know zagat here's every mm -hmm. and it's just like jesus christ when i go to a restaurant website i want to know very few things what's your phone number so i can call and check and see if you take reservations do you take credit card what time are you open what's your menu Right. And, and for me, it's even more, what are your hours? Yep. What's your menu? Right. If you, mm -hmm. if you can't at least get those two right, then I'm already going to be like, I do not want to go there. I'm not going to want to. And so, yeah. and, and even worse is like, this was back in the day, back in 2007, where smartphones were still relatively new on the market. Um, yeah, yeah. But in New York City, they were fairly popular. So like you would be on the subway and everybody and their mother has a iPhone which means that when they're searching for a restaurant, they're using their mobile data. Mm -hmm. They don't have all this data to be wasting on endless pictures and, and MIDI files and all this other shit that you would bog down this fucker with. So, like, if it's going to take longer than, like, a couple of seconds to load your website on mobile, you know, the person's just going to keep it moving. Yeah, because, it's one, it's costing the money. And even then, yep. like, before, because I had, you know, smart-ish phones before the iPhone came out. <laughs> And, you know, there were special there were special rules for designing a, a mobile site. If you didn't adhere to those rules, it wouldn't even show up. It wouldn't even show up. And right. then someone would think that it's a good idea to put the whole entire thing on bloody flash. And oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. The books I could write about how much I hate flash. But anyway, they, they, so... they preach into the choir, preach into the choir. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, I, I, I looked at that website and I'm just like, this looks awful. And I'm like, okay, I may not be a web design expert, but I know enough HTML to get myself through, you know, the back door and just clean this shit up. Right. I know enough CSS to, you know, keep things uh, consistent across the pages. Um, I know what I'm looking for as a customer on a website. So I approached my boss and I was like, listen, I'm not a web expert, but I do know enough about uh, basic HTML that I can just, you know, run in there into Notepad and just like tweak this HTML so it loads a lot faster on both mobile and let's be honest, on computer. Because when you have a heavy bogged down page back in 2007, where a lot of people were still, I think yeah, no. it was adopted, but it wasn't as fast as it is now, was it? Uh, it wasn't. And that's the thing is even then, like high speed, as we know it today, DSL, came out before that like it was yeah. available here in the boonies for since like the late 90s early 2000s yes it was uh, cable modem redefined that sort of thing because it went so much faster than dsl but uh, you know even in the city when i lived in the city like dial up mm -hmm. even fast dial up was crap 
because the lines oh, are I, yeah because the lines are all terrible and you know you'd be in a hundred year old building that was wired by somebody's drunk you know the union's drunk yep. guy at four in the morning <laughs> with subpar wire right no seriously i the, the oh i know yeah you know i was there <laughs> So ADSL, that's what it was. And it, oh it god, yeah. Crawl. I mean, it was faster than the modem, um, but not by enough. It's so it's still like, like the only phone based internet I can get here. Oh really? Yeah, that's why I have oh, the cable oh. modem. <laughs> yeah, no, I have um, FiOS here. I'm not fucking around with that. <sighs> jealous. Okay, so, jealous. Yeah. <laughs> so I. I, I was like, let me let me fix this website. I can do this. And he's like, I mean, go nuts. You have hours in the middle of the day where there's nobody here. So there's the computer. There's the login passwords. Go to town, whatever. Right. So I fixed the website so that everything loaded very, very quickly because it was all text on the front page. Here's our hours. Here's our kosher certification. Here's um, the credit cards that we accept. Um, and here's a text version of the menu that you can click through. Um, because a lot oh. of the companies would also do a PDF version of the menu. They still do. They still do. They and still I, do. I understand why, because like um, with people who have quickly changing menus that um, change on the fly, it's a lot quicker to export from InDesign or from Illustrator or from the design software into a PDF than it is to copy paste that text into the live website, right? But that extra trouble that you take makes such a huge difference. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially so, now with all the mobile and stuff. But we're correct. We're, we're tangenting again. But anyway. <laughs> but tangent. Yeah. So once I fixed the website, I also noticed that the menu was also shitty. And I was like, I can also fix the menu. He's like, go nuts. Um, one after another, I started noticing things that we could fix, that we could improve. And he's like, it doesn't make sense for you to be wiping tables when you have the skills to do other things. So why don't you come down into the office with me and start managing this place so that we can really grow it into something good? Um and that would happen to me at every job that I would end up at, where it's like, I don't like how things are done. We can do this better. Let's find a better way to do it, and let's just implement it, and that's it. Yeah. Um, which means that now the owner who knows me one-on-one, -on -one, it's not like I'm in a corporation where I have to go through layers of bureaucracy. Um, they start to trust you. And when they start to trust you, then they start bringing you into the fold when it comes to hiring and firing. Right. So what happened very, very quickly, I would say within, I want to say nine months of working at that restaurant, like a few months of working, you know, most places they would be like, all right, so you're responsible for, um, posting out the job posting on, on Craigslist or, you know, whatever job posting site. Um, and you're responsible for designing interviews for these people and you're responsible for, Baby's basically screening them so that when the owner comes in, he doesn't have to deal with a stack of resumes because, again, like I said, this only applies, you know, in these small businesses in very large cities. Um, I would post a job posting on, say, Craigslist or something like that, and I would get yeah. something to the tune like three, four hundred resumes within the first 12 hours. Yeah, that's the that's, that's a lot of resumes. Yeah. Um, and so I had to come up with, uh, systems, um, like you talk about all the time with productivity, I had to come up with systems who sort of weed through all these resumes and find the ones who did the pump and dump where they're like any job posting, I'm just going to send my resume and hope something sticks Right. versus the ones who actually were thoughtful about, um, looking at the requirements and seeing if they fit and, you know, letting me know that they know that, you know, they're a good fit. Um, and 
so that's what I wanted to go into today. It was like, let's talk about what, what it is I'm looking for as a hiring manager um, versus what my boss is looking for versus um, what you're looking for as a seeker. See what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And the the thing I want to I want to state, by the way, if you're collecting unemployment benefits in some states, they expect you to pump and dump. Well, you know, so in New York State, they say uh, that they actually assign you a counselor to work with one-on-one and he or she will sit down with you and go through your resume and say, okay, here's how you can improve how you're coming across. Like use action verbs to show that you're actually doing something versus that you're conceptualizing or that you're doing something abstract, like use, you know, active verbs. She'll say like, cut it down to one page or, or this is not really relevant to what type of job you're seeking. Because the thing with um, New York state's unemployment is that you're, you don't have to accept a job that's outside of the field that you were in. Right, right. And as long as they're offering within a reasonable parameter of what they consider to be reasonable pay for that position, you need to at least, you know, uh, accept it if it's offered to you. So they don't want you doing a random, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, no, I know what you mean. But uh, like here in North Carolina, there is actually a requirement that you apply to three places every week. Oh, yeah, that's but that's that's that shouldn't take more than an hour tops a week. Depends on your field. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm assuming in your field it would take much, much longer. It takes it takes a lot more work, especially since, you know, I have circumstances where I'm looking for remote work versus driving yep. to an office every day and things like that. That means that my my selection is very, very small, but and some weeks there aren't things, but then the state will still require me to apply to three things or else. Exactly. Yeah. And and also with tech, I think um, the difference between tech and these what like small, high mall, 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 high mall. Still with me? No, no, I'm still here. Yeah, no, it for whatever reason it decided to to flip the monitors somewhere else. Oh, great! Randomly, I'm going to keep recording so you can always take it out if you need. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to, but yeah. Um, so where were we before my screen went black and freaked me out? Uh, we were talking about how with tech jobs, so with tech jobs, um, I guess the difference between these highly specific quote unquote boutique jobs, as I'm going to call them, um, is that you either know the thing or you don't Yep. period. And so if they're like, you need X amount of, uh, 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 years of experience with JavaScript, you need X amount of, uh, experience with C++, you need these specific skill sets that we have. The, the scattershot approach could work because they're looking for for those keywords and they've got you know people who are keeping their eyeballs out for it right uh the the side effect is as someone who had been doing uh interviews at prior jobs i wasn't doing any of the sorting i was just i'd get the candidate and i'd get the resume and we'd yep. start to go through the process and i would find out that yeah it was it was a it was seo 101 where you put anything you expect someone to hook on into the document whether it's really there or not jeez. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah oh that's a mess yeah, this is a this is a position for primarily Linux admin. Well, I've never done Linux, but I'm a Windows admin. Okay, next. So, what the price are you doing here? Yeah, well, the, that was who HR sent us. Oh, jeez, because yeah. HR wasn't really paying attention. Because well, because HR was getting internal recommendations, you know, friend of a friend kind of thing. Oh, or, gotcha. Or their filters weren't triggering on on this a specific set of requirements, more general set of requirements. So. And then when it comes to the actual tech screen, when we actually get past all the the preliminary stuff and they're actually talking to the person who they'd be working with every day, then we'd find out. 
mm-hmm. right? That maybe their skills weren't what they said, or they don't have those skills, even though it's sort of on the resume, or wait, why does this resume even get to us because those skills aren't even listed? Is HR smoking crack this week? And, and Oh, we can talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> like not that anyone at, uh, at the one company was – like that it was usually an accidental filter through more than anything uh-huh. so but I've, I've had ones where it's just like yeah here you go here you go just i don't care interview them like dude right do you have Come a in. quota need to fill yeah this position yeah so right but like with these kinds of jobs where it's a little bit more specific um as to what the um position requires so for example let's use that restaurant example right yeah um it's a kosher vegan restaurant that also caters to gluten-free people so we don't need you to be kosher. We don't need you to be vegan. We don't need you to be gluten-free, but we need you to know what all those things mean. Yes. Right. You don't need to be an expert. I don't need you to know, um, you know, the specific laws of Heckscher, but I need you to understand <laughs> what it means when someone says, um, you know, I want to make sure that you are as kosher as you say you are um, and that you understand why that's important. Or like when someone says, you know, I'm gluten free, I need you to understand why that's important. Oh, yeah, yeah, some of them are doing it to be cool. But like for a lot of cases, it's because they're going to get very sick and have to go to the hospital. And that's that's not a pretty it's it's not pleasant. No. No. And so I need that wait staff to know what that person's needs are. And so somebody who has experience in let's say um you know let's say like a mom and pop steakhouse who has never dealt with this before is not going to be a good fit because they don't understand what any of that shit means. No, they don't. Whereas, ironically enough, if you come from a chain restaurant that does also cater to gluten-free, so like say TGI Fridays or Ruby Tuesdays or something, and they say that they have gluten-free options on their menu, chances are you've had training on that by now. Yeah, because well, because they don't want to get sued. The big restaurants, the big chains yep. are all like, all right, let's make sure everybody understands. And woe be it unto you if you don't inform people about nuts. Right. And so one of the first things that I would do when I'm writing the job posting um, for these boutique jobs, because I'm not talking corporate, I'm not talking, you know, mainstream, I'm talking because I've found that in New York City, even though there are very large corporations around, the vast majority of people that I know personally tend to get hired to these boutique jobs. Even the job I worked at in when I was living Mm. in New York as a consultant, we were almost a boutique but we were doing IT consulting. Right. Right. But you needed people to be a very good fit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because we're a small team. Right. And you can't have idiots on there who are going to fuck it up for everybody else. What so, the, one of the first things fuck is going on here? Is it still doing things? Is it still doing things? Doing things? Doing oh, my God. I think I'm putting it in the wrong corner. and It's going to sleep. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, okay. So, I mean, it comes right back oh, up and it keeps recording. Set up. So, oh, for God. But it's still recording, right? And then I unplugged my headset. (laughs) All right. So I'm not going to touch the mouse anymore. The mouse is staying put. (laughs) Okay. Turn it upside down. It's a touchpad. If I do that, it might click something. Oh, Jesus. So I'm going to put it right here, and then I'm going to put it where I'm not tempted to touch it all the time. There we go. Right. This is this is going to be an exciting one. Uh, everybody listening at home, man, you you have no idea what kind of a day is going on here. So, I mean, you could cut the technical difficulties. Oh, I, I'll cut around them, but I'll leave the discussion part in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
about the massive fuck ups happening left, right, and upside down. Uh, look, I, I, it this isn't always perfection, and I try to polish yeah. things a lot. But I think it's important for people to understand I fuck up too. I fuck up constantly. Oh, hashtag name. That's yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah. All right, so let me know when you've got uh... everything is everything is put away. I have a fidget cube in my hand now. Oh, so good, even the, better. The one that Ursula uses when she's when she and I are talking. Uh huh. And the one I give her for KUEC, so she doesn't crumple up the foil like wine bottle top things and cut herself. Because I swear to God, oh. she's going to do that one day. Your your life is basically surrounded by chaos, where whether it's coming from the teenager or coming from the wombat test subject or coming from the animals. Or coming from happening. myself sometimes, yes. <laughs> there are times um, when I like living alone because I remember listening to your most recent episode of um, Kevin and Ursula Eat Cheap, and you were talking about the cat watching you masturbate, and I was just like, dear yeah, lord. Yeah. <laughs> it was awkward. It was awkward. <laughs> Man, we're we're earning the explicit tag this week. Let me tell you. Um, oh, they fucking knew that when 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 they saw my name on it. Oh, that's, that's true. That's true. That's very very true. <laughs> I have a filthy mouth. I am well aware of it. Yeah, and I've been. I, I've. It's the new potentially new listeners from opensource.com and the article series I've been doing that uh, that I worry about, but. Nothing like jumping straight into the deep end, right? So, I mean, you do warn them about explicit tags, don't you? I do. I do. Yeah. Usually I uh, say PG-13, so. Uh, right, but when, when I'm on board, it's a little closer to, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> swearing happens a bit much. I don't even notice I'm doing it until that's, I'm listening to it later. I, that, when I lived in New York, neither did I. I mean, I I was, there was a t-shirt on Broadway uh, I forget what the t-shirt store was. I never saw the t-shirt again. I was I was so disappointed. But it was like every use for the word fuck, like oh, on yeah. a t-shirt. And I was like, this is brilliant. And then I saw the bit where it was like as an adverb. And I'm like, fuckly, what? And since then, that's actually been added to my <laughs> vocabulary. It'll happen. So, yeah. It'll happen. Yeah, it happens. Okay, so back to boutique jobs. Boutique <clears throat> jobs. So what I'll generally do when I'm writing the job posting is that I'll make it very, very clear up front and, you know, front and center. Um, your chances of getting hired will be greatly increased with a well-detailed cover letter. Right. Because the job is so specific and it has such specific requirements that if you just shoot me a resume with nothing in there telling me what I should be looking out for, I don't. I'll put it to you this way. I explained this to um, this guy I was helping, you know, uh, write his resume. I was like, the resume is basically uh, a list of your accomplishments and your, you know, abilities, blah, blah, blah. Your cover letter is there not to sell yourself necessarily, but to show that you understand that I'm shit scared of hiring the wrong person. Right. And I have a lot of nervousness, which is why I'm putting out this job posting in the first place that I'm trying to fulfill. Um, and I'm scared that you're not going to know what to do and that I'm going to waste a lot of time on training because training is expensive. Yeah. You have to pay me for my time and then you have to pay that person for their time. And so the employer is paying double um, for the amount of time that it takes to train you. And so I'm scared that if I hire you um, – I'm going to be stuck with this big, fat, expensive training bill. That's all going to amount for nothing. And so 
if you really look at the cover letter and consider it to be sort of like a talking a nervous person off the ledge type of thing where it's like, <laughs> I know you're scared. Right. This is okay. I've got your back. I understand that these are the specific things that you need for this position. And let me show you that I know how to do those things. And here's how I can show you that I know how to do those things. So like when I got hired for that position working with the artist, um, he wanted somebody who knows how to use um, Excel really well, somebody who knows how to use QuickBooks right. and someone who knows how to use basic, basic um, like Illustrator and things like that. And so. What I did with the cover letter is that I was like, I taught myself Excel when I was working at the restaurant and I did it for seven years. Right. Um, and then I went on to this other job. I continued doing it. And then I was like, with regards to my Excel knowledge for this particular job, I had to build this Excel spreadsheet that did these very specific things like that UPS one I was telling you about that one time. Um, and then to show you that I understand how to use the design software, I was like, here's a couple of flyers that my dad asked me to design for him. And um, I was like, I'm not an artist, but I know how things should be put together. I understand that, you know, fonts and, you know, spacing and the rest of it should work in a certain way. And I know how to process a file in Illustrator. I know how to do it. Um, and I was like, I'm not providing these examples to show you my skill as a designer. I'm showing you the example to show you that I know how to use the software. Um, yeah, yeah. Within 30 minutes, I got a phone call back. <laughs> <laughs> And sure as shit, find out that this man is a very sweet man, but he is a very nervous man. And so, like, mm -hmm. it looks like my approach worked. And so when I went about hiring my replacement, I basically did the same thing. I was like, I need a detailed cover letter to show that you understand what this job requires and that shows that you understand, let's be honest, that I'm scared that you're going to misrepresent yourself. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that uh, that is always the not just when when pulling in resumes, but even even in person, like uh, uh -huh. there have been times where I've had an interview with someone and gotten one piece of of information or whatever. And then when and approved it and when it goes to the boss, they're getting a completely different vibe. And we're all huh. like, hang on. What, wait, because. You know, they they told us one thing and we're working towards, you know, to secure the job, working towards telling the, the director another thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and that's the thing is that when when I when I get 300 resumes within the span of 12 hours and then I come in the next morning and my inbox is blown up um, and I specifically said, I need a cover letter and you have not included a cover letter at all. I, I don't even have time to read your resume at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And how many of those do you think were the same? It's just a pre-made pre cover letter that they put together once, and they're just using it for everything. Oh, I can spot those a mile away. <laughs> I can spot them real quick. Because the thing is, is that it's not that I put certain keywords in my um, job posting. Mm -hmm. I know that somebody has done their homework because they'll say, um, I did a quick Google search of your company and here's a couple of things I found out. Um, I would like to work there because, uh, you know, I, I feel, mm -hmm. or, or I feel like I'd be a good fit because, and now I can tell you're not sending out this cover letter to everybody. Right. If they don't include the name of the company, which is a thing. And I mm -hmm. find it really irritating because then I'm not showing up prepared for the interview um if they don't include it you can say like um i understand that your company does this um mm -hmm. and i feel like i'd be a good fit because i've 
worked for other companies in similar fields or like something along those lines. Just show me that you're not sending this form cover letter to everybody. Right. Because the form cover letter, again, tells me that you're not actually spending time on contemplating why you'd be a good fit. Yeah, you, you're just filling in the checkbox for the state unemployment to say, I applied to yep. three places. Yeah. Correct. And, you're, and you'll keep collecting your check because that's also getting checked straight in the rubbish bin because I, I physically don't have time to go through all these resumes by myself. I am one person. Yeah. And you have to have a way of weeding them out. Yep. And so what happens is that I always say I need a good cover letter and um, I, you know, I, I need a resume that shows, you know. So what what the best ones do is that they write in their cover letter, um, take a look at this uh, post, this job that I listed in my resume. I did this, this and this that specifically coincides with this, this and this requirement from your job posting. Um, those are the ones who are going to make it through the initial screening process. So let's say I got, uh, let's keep things round. Let's say I got a hundred resumes to rifle through, right? Right. Of those hundred resumes, something to the tune of 75 will have no cover letter. Right. And, and those immediately you're going to toss. Garbage. Yeah. Toss immediately. Because yeah. I, if you don't have five minutes to spend on a cover letter for me, I don't have five minutes to read your form letter resume. And yeah. Uh, and in, in my case, since a lot of my contacts for, for what I do, it's, it's much more one-on-one. -on -one. It's not, I'm sending a resume into the blind box. I'm sending it specifically right. to a person I've been talking to already. Then, Correct. you know, in that case, cover letter may not be necessary unless they ask for it. Right. Unless asked for. And, yeah. um, but if the job posting says, put a cover letter, put a fucking cover letter. Yeah. And if the job um, doesn't say specifically put a cover letter, put one on anyway. Put one on anyway, yeah. because the thing is, is that you don't need to spend 17 years on a cover letter. It can be just two paragraphs that say, here are the specific details that you included in your job posting that I feel like I'd be a good fit for because I've done them in this, this, and this job. Yeah. 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 And this is something it took me a while to learn, right? I used mm -hmm. to dread cover letters because I'm like, why do you need a cover letter? I'm a technician. You can look at my resume and see how I'm qualified. And But it's not about that. Mm -hmm. as, as I've gotten older and I've, as I've... Not just older, but as I've gained more experience, as I've spent more time in the workforce, especially doing soft skills and leadership skills, I, mm -hmm. I'm realizing that you have to have that personal introduction because, yeah. you know, it, naive me thought I was just trying to get past the HR filters that were, you know, a, an algorithm or they were searching and coming up with things. And that's what, what the recruiters are doing who are sending me 15 emails a day for crap that, you know, referencing work I did 20 years ago in New York. Right, which has nothing to do with what you want to do or what you're currently doing. Or what I'm currently doing, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, first off, cover letter. Okay, so 75 of them, no cover letter, straight to the bin. Right. Of the 25 that are left, I can guarantee you at least um, 15 are not going to have an actual cover letter. They're going to have a form cover letter. And those go out, yeah. Straight in the bin. So I've, I've eliminated, I'm down to 10. Um, it still takes me a lot of time to go through these resumes and make sure that it's a good fit. So I'm still going to look for red flags as I'm going through this, right? Right. Uh, biggest red flag for me is that if I have something as a requirement, not preferred, but as a requirement, and you don't mention it in your cover letter, uh, straight in the bin. Yeah, now there is. The, I would like to to put an exception in that, at least from my perspective. 
Um, HR departments are notorious, absolutely notorious for writing, for, for talking, say, uh, oh, you need what you need, what programming language? Oh, you need uh-huh. the, 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 uh, R programming language. Right. Right. And, um, and so they'll right. put down, you know, requires five years of, of R now R's right. been around a lot longer than this, but it drives me crazy when I'm looking at it and going, I can't have five years experience in this because it was only released two years ago. Two years ago, right. right. And but, but if you mention that, then whoever's looking at your cover letter is going to be like, this guy's got his shit together. Oh, yeah. Of course, nine times out of ten, I don't know that programming language anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is, is like, um, with these specific boutique jobs, like, I'm very careful to only put into requirements what are absolutely required for your day-to-day work. So, like, um, yeah. at the laundromat, you absolutely had to have expert level knowledge in Excel. You absolutely needed it because um, the individual tickets had to be entered into Excel, um, mm-hmm. which would then, you know, automatically uh, calculate how much the invoice should be. Um, and then the Excel spreadsheet would also spit out a report um, all the way to the side. Um, and he had something to the tune of like 25, 30 hotels that he did this for. And each hotel had like 25, 30 items that they sent oh, yeah, so, like, if you don't have very good knowledge of Excel and, you know, when you look at the final picture and you see that the numbers don't seem right because the numbers are off, I need you to be able to go in there and figure out what went wrong. Uh, yeah. Did I add a digit? Did I subtract a digit? Is the formula not carried through? Is this a blank cell and it's just entering the value rather than the calculated value? What is going on that caused this fuck up? If you don't have advanced knowledge of Excel, you're you're wasting your time because you're going to end up spending a lot of time trying to teach yourself shit that you don't have time to do. Um, not at what it was getting, it was getting paid 30 bucks an hour, um, which may not seem like a lot for someone in tech, but in bookkeeping, that's a fairly generous salary in bookkeeping. That's a, that's a great salary. Uh, yeah. You know, although inflation, so I don't know what it is today, but yeah, this was like five years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's not too bad. Yeah. It's not too shabby. Um, and so I would put in the requirements, must have excellent Excel knowledge, must have excellent QuickBooks knowledge. Um, and then everything else was like, you know, it'd be good if you knew how to do this. If you don't know how, I'll show you. Mm-hmm. And that's how a lot of these boutique jobs work is that they the person who's doing the job posting has a very intimate understanding of what that job entails. And what they put in requirements is I need you to know this because again, going back to that, I'm scared thing. Um, I'm scared that if you come in and you don't know how to do this and I've already hired you, I'm going to be spending a lot of wasted time showing you shit that you should have known when you came in. Right. Cause then that's my $30 an hour plus your $30 an hour that the owner is paying. So now it's 60 bucks an hour that he's paying to get you to do something that you said you knew how to do. And if you don't really know how to do that, then everybody is. Uh, Everyone's going to be pissed. Yeah. They're going to be, well, also you're going to be fired. So straight up, you know, mm-hmm. you know wasting yeah, company exactly. funds, so all like, that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So like I've, I've, uh, so like if, if you don't mention at least, um, stuff that I put in the requirements list because there's the one where it's like preferred, but not necessary. So like he wanted somebody who had a college degree or at least like an associates or something like that, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it wasn't required because there's plenty of bookkeepers who learn the craft, um, on their own. Um, and that's perfectly fine. So like he put like 
associates preferred but not required. Fine. Yeah. Um, in, I don't need in, you to mention those. Yeah, in in my field, it's um, you know, master's degree or equivalent. And, or equivalent. Or equivalent. Yeah. In my case, I think last time I looked at uh, last time I worked a federal contract, I have enough years' experience now that they would have to just default to paying me what they would pay somebody who got a PhD. Correct. Because right? you've done uh, that was uh, Booz Allen, I believe. No, that was CSC. Oh, okay. Yeah. My, my a lot of my um, Indian family worked for Booz Allen, so like. <laughs> yeah. No, I've I've never I've never worked for Booz Allen. Um. So. They're pretty big. Uh, oh yeah. So, but they do with their hiring process. They're they're pretty happy with those scattershot resumes because they'll call you in if you have you know three out of the five things that they listed on the fucker. Yeah, and then the only the only thing is that working with contracting companies in the past is yes they will they will gladly take people with a scattershot if they and they will coach you mm-hmm. on the interview with the customer mm-hmm. and. You just have to remember that they don't care if they are putting you into the world's worst situation for your field. Right. They're getting paid. You're getting paid. That's all they care about. And even if you're half-assing it, they still don't give a fuck because they're still getting paid. Right. Uh, right up until you get fired for half-assing it. Uh, or uh, until somebody else covers for you because uh, they it's easier to maintain the status quo than try to find to, uh, try to hire somebody else who'll actually show up on goddamn time. Showing up on time was is never never the problem I see. It's it's um, <laughs> it's basically screwing around while you know you right. should be working, getting all of your deadlines done at the last possible minute because you Correct. spent the rest of the time just you know Correct. fucking around. Yeah, right. So. So first thing was cover letter, right? Mm-hmm. Second thing was not a form cover letter. Third right. thing is that you listed all the requirements in your cover letter. Right. Final thing is um, I want people to sort of envision a cover letter almost like um, uh, I had an English teacher once who said like when you're writing a paper, um, you know, like a term paper or something like that, you're making a promise to the reader with your introduction. You're basically saying these are all the things that I'm going to talk about throughout the paper. Um Basically saying, like, don't make promises you can't keep. So if you talked about it in the introduction and I don't see it in the body of the paper, I'm going to ding you points for that because you broke your promise to me and now I feel betrayed. Same thing with the cover letter. What you're basically doing is you're making a promise to me that whatever I mention here in the cover letter is going to be backed up by my resume. It's it's you're citing your references, you're, you're you know citing your mm-hmm. resources. Um, you're you're basically holding my hand and you're taking me down a journey through your resume and you're pointing out the interesting things. You're like a tour guide at this point, right? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, just taking my hand and going on a journey through your resume. Yes. I just I I tried. I really tried to not laugh. <laughs> Well, I wanted like a really vivid um, visual for people to think of when they're sitting here and writing these cover letters is don't think of it as um, I need to ramble on for six years on, you know, how great I am. It's I could give two shits how great you are. I want you to be my tour guide. I want you to pretend that I've never seen what an interesting, valuable person you are Um and all you're doing is saying, hey, check out this really interesting piece of architecture, you know, on Broadway in 96 uh, as we're on the way to the pizza parlor. Hey, check out this neat little coffee shop that I go to to get my work done. You're just, you're a tour guide. That's yeah. all you're doing. And 
the the resume is those buildings. It's that architecture. It's that that all the beautiful things that you're showing me that make up yourself. Um, and as as soon as I got that piece of advice from the um, lady at the unemployment office, I was like, oh shit, that makes so much sense. Like she didn't use these exact um, uh, visuals. <laughs> <laughs> I do not put the blame for these really <laughs> overwrought metaphors on anybody else but myself. <laughs> Is it a gin and tonic night? Uh, it's wine. Uh, oh, okay. It's demeanor. <laughs> um, had a, I'm on my first glass. So, but like, this is a, this is a, visual that I've used to talk to, to coach people through um, getting through the cover letter process because I've noticed that a lot of people uh, my age and younger tend to either be very disdainful towards cover letters mm -hmm. or be very scared of them. Uh, yeah, and I think in my case it was first one, then the other, and now I, I here I am, 48, so far, you know, almost 30 years in my field and now i'm like yeah cover letters are not a, a bad are a good thing for me to include yeah they're a good thing yeah. and 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 that's all i want i want to take away the fear of the cover letter as this big daunting difficult thing to do and just like break it down into something where it's like all we're doing is where we're taking this this person who's sitting on the other side of the desk on a nice little journey through my resume and we're pointing out the interesting artifacts and we're pointing out the interesting architecture and 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 I can spot those people who do that well. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, because, so, the, the artist job. Uh, there was this one lady uh, who had submitted a resume knowing that it's for a creative position because um, he was hiring for um, a motion graphics uh, artist where he would draw the storyboards um, and he created the assets. And what he had to have her do was sync it up with the audio that the customer had provided and then make an animation of the whole thing. Um so the assets were already created. She was not responsible for doing that. But what the motion graphics designer had to do was just put it all together, just bring it all together. Um, and one of these cover letters started off with, uh, she started it off like a fairy tale. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, there was once a young lady who lived in this place um, who uh, has this experience, this experience, this experience. Uh, uh, she she woke up one day and saw this, and then you know, like someday my job will come. Like it was really really cute, <laughs> right? Yeah, but for the uh, for the job she was applying for, that was that also set sort of the the vibe for the kind of people she wanted to work for. Correct, and and we were both charmed. We were tickled by that that cover letter, and not only did she do the job of pointing out what was you know important for us to know with regards to her abilities with regards to her portfolio because she was like um here's a link to my portfolio i would like you to check out these you know few pieces that i've picked out because i think they're in line with your art style and i think they work with the kinds of things that you're trying to do um so clearly she's not only spent some time googling the company she's not only spent some time you know figuring out what the job requires she put herself in that tour guide mode you know what i mean mm -hmm. she took me on a journey and not everybody needs to be as good a writer as ursula <laughs> like you can be like a basic writer and still get this shit done oh yeah no no and and the the people who are trying to sell you their cover letter services they make all their money on making it sound scary and that yes. you know all that stuff and the truth is that 
it's when you sit down and you actually do it, it's not that hard. It no. really isn't. It's not that hard. Uh, so that, that friend I told you that I was trying to coach through his nervousness about the cover letter, he eventually wrote one, um, which, which so you could read this cover letter and it, it almost like screamed his personality right out of there. <laughs> he's, he's this guy who's very earnest, who's very like eager. He's, he's like, um, he's like an excited, uh, uh, hound dog, you know, like, uh, wiggle his butt and like yes i'm so excited to get stuck into this it sounds so cool um right, right and 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 he's he's a writer to be fair he's mm -hmm. a writer uh but but you could you could hear that excitement that he had towards getting this position in that cover letter and it i i don't I don't want to say that it's unsophisticated but it wasn't like your typical corporate speak cover letter right and this was for a very corporate job. Um, and But it charmed the pants off of the HR manager so much that he was like, this is awesome. Like, this kid sounds like he really knows what he's doing. Uh, let's give him a phone interview. So it, it, it's, it's you, you don't necessarily have to make it boring. You can actually insert your personality into it. Um, because whatever you can do to stand out from the herd, do it. And really, I figure they, if they're, if they're interested in talking to me, they should know up front what they're getting into. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, he yeah. included in his resume a couple of his hobbies. He's like, I like uh, writing uh, those, those uh, LARP games. Oh, right on. Okay. Um, he likes uh, playing instruments. Um, you know, he's into writing. Uh, he's had a couple of books published. Uh, he's done some cool things with his life. Uh, sure as shit, the hiring manager um, in 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 uh, the office, um, her son is into the same shit. Oh, yeah. No, that's... that's I, I think partly how I got my last job was mm -hmm. because um, the owners, uh, kids, go to the convention I staff every January. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was at um, MAGFest or whatever? That's MAGFest, yeah. And it's not like I'm going to run into them. There are 20,000 attendees. No, but the thing is, it's yeah. like, maybe you'll get somebody on the other side who's into that weird-ass hobby that you're into. Or maybe you'll get their parent. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe you'll get the person who can talk to your kids about that weird-ass hobby, hobby for you. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so she was super excited um, once she saw those two little bits. At, and it was just a tack on at the end of the resume. Like, here are some of my hobbies. And, mm -hmm. that, that, you know, so like with the cover letter, you can you can put your personality on it. You can put your stamp on it. And nobody's going to roll their eyes. I guarantee you, you may feel like, you know, oh, these people expect me to be serious all the time. They expect mm -hmm. me to be buttoned down. That's not the case is, you know, the hiring manager is also human. Yep. Oh yeah. We also have our interests. We also have our passions, our hobbies, and uh, you know, supposing you were hiring someone, Kevin, and mm -hmm. you know, offhandedly they mentioned on the bottom, uh, they're they're they enjoy listening to podcasts in their spare time, and here's some of their favorites, and and you're like, oh, that's a neat one. I've never heard of this one. Let me go listen to it. Now all of a sudden, that person is going to stick in your mind. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so like, so don't be afraid to be yourself. It has been awkward the one or two times where we're like, yeah, so here's our new hire. And they're like, I, I, I'm a fan of you and your wife. I'm like, oh, time out. <laughs> <clears throat> For 
first of all, are you a furry? Second of all, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, I don't actually, I, you know, they might want to be like, hey, you know, I'm a furry, you know, sort of into their armpit. And I'm like, all right, good yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah, no. You're like, get down with your bad self. I ever bought anything yeah. from Sofa Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he's not a sponsor on the show, but they're cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're awesome people. Yeah, no. But yeah, so anyway. what I'm saying is, like, one of the things that makes you stand out is is those things that make you unique. Those, mm-hmm. those things that, uh, you know, not necessarily define your personality, but, like, make you stand out. So, like, uh, this particular job that I got right now... Um, in my cover letter, I was gushing about rice because that's that's my stock and trade. I you mm-hmm. know, rice. We talked about this, um, and I talked about how I'm an avid cook and I have a published cookbook, and you know I, I really love incorporating rice into a lot of my recipes. And so, like, were a customer to ask, you know, how do you cook this? How do you you know make it interesting? I have a thousand one ideas, and I can talk about rice all day. And clearly, something <laughs> stuck out to my boss and. You know, it was that little hook that I put yeah. in there where it's like, I want to give you something to talk about during the res- uh, during the interview that's more interesting than, um, uh, so what do you want to do in 10 years? Uh, yeah, no. And then and I, <laughs> when I'm phrasing that sort of thing, phrasing, um, sorry, uh, but when I'm, when I'm trying to word that in, yeah. <laughs> are we still doing that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Archer jokes for those who who don't recognize it. Um but Archer, yeah. Oh god, Archer. Um but uh, uh the the I I have to be very careful when it's like um we travel a a lot and they're like, "Well, where do you travel to?" So, you know, here here Africa, China and <laughs> you know, I I I don't want to I don't want to like emphasize it and seem like I'm bragging that I've been to all these really cool places, but mm-hmm. I also want to give that little hint of when we say we go to interesting places, it's not just like, yeah, we go to uh, uh, Nashville and Dallas. Right. Right. Nothing against Nashville. Nothing against. No, Nashville. no, not at all. Actually, actually I've never been to more than, than the Nashville um, airport. So uh, both. I, Nash- done that. I, I, I need to get outside that airport and I need to get outside. I think I changed planes in Memphis once and I really did. I, cause I, all right, fine. I'll admit it. I want to see Graceland someday. I mean, fine. I want to see Dollywood at some point. So <laughs> I see now, wait a minute, wait a minute. I see a road trip. Cause Dollywood, I think is about halfway between here and Memphis. So <laughs> <laughs> um, so so yeah, anyway, so stand out. Uh, yes. So now I've eliminated all but maybe four or five uh, people. Now I've got mm-hmm. four or five people that I really need to get stuck into and figure out. All right, let's let's get down to brass tacks and see who I really want to call for an interview. Because the other thing is, is that the phone interview itself is a process. Like we have to figure out what's your availability. We have to figure out. Um, you know, can we make this work type of thing? Because mm-hmm. sometimes people already have a job that they're working nine to five. So it's like, well, I'm here nine to five too. So I don't know what to tell you, sweetheart. But point yeah. is, is that I need to figure out, okay, so who's going to be a really good candidate for an interview? So mm-hmm. this is when I start going through and uh, I make myself, um, and this is going to be ad nauseum to anybody who knows me. I make a spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, say it ain't so. 
ahead. I have your first and last name. I have your contact information, uh, your email address, um, and I'll I'll make three columns, uh, three positives and three negatives. And mm. base, it's not negative so much as like things that I feel like would be a challenge for you should I hire you sort of thing. Right. Um, once I've gotten through that process, that's when I sit down with my boss with those last five resumes and say, okay, here's my... The reason I make a spreadsheet is that if I make notes on the resume, it's going to take too long for me to summarize what it is about this candidate I like and I don't like. Mm-hmm. And there are situations, and there have been multiple situations, where the um, uh, three challenges or three you know not so great things are empty. That there's nothing there because I can't spot anything at this time. Um, that's exceedingly rare. That that happens once in a great while, but when it does happen, it's like those tend to get moved to the top of the list. Now, mm-hmm. those people who I who I have zero reservations about are the types um, who, like I said, wrote a really good cover letter, wrote mm-hmm. a really good resume, and we'll get into what a really good resume looks like in a minute. Uh, let's put a pin on that. Um, and who have literally done this job already. That's rare. Yeah, that, that is yeah, yeah, very, yeah. very rare. But it does happen. So like uh, at the restaurant, for example, I had this one guy um, who came into interview. Uh, he had worked at another vegan restaurant for about a year um, who also did gluten free, who was also kosher certified by the same rabbi that we used to certify ours. Hey, all right. Bingo. Right. Yachty. I was like, great. And on top of that, he also kept gluten free um, and avoided nightshades because he had some kind of stomach issue or something like that. So I'm like, oh, holy shit. OK, so this guy understands weird food shit. Um, he understands <laughs> intimately. Yes, <laughs> intimately. So like when someone tells him gluten free, he's going to take them seriously and he's going to put my feet to the fire until I convince him that it's actually gluten free enough for you know, you know, this customer, that's right. what I want. Oh, yeah. I crave that kind of person. Um, so sure as shit, we hired him. He worked with us for years, and he was an excellent, excellent waiter. Um, but that, uh, in the seven years that I was hiring for that job, that was that happened twice. Unicorns, basically. Yeah. The second time was, uh, it was his boyfriend, so... <laughs> <laughs> Well, alrighty then, yeah. (laughs) Right, because the boyfriend didn't have the same eating issues, but he understood, you know, his partner's, you know, whatever, so he intimately understood this shit. What what was Um, it, uh, what was it, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, Julius said in in Pulp Fiction, Samuel L. Jackson's character, my my girlfriend's a a vegetarian, therefore I'm a vegetarian? His boyfriend (laughs) is gluten-free, and, you know, therefore. Right. (laughs) They yeah. pretty much kept a gluten-free household because he didn't want to be, you know, stuck in a corner crying and puking. Um, yeah. Or the other direction. Anyway, um, so that in seven years of working for that job, that happened once, let's be honest, because mm-hmm. the second time doesn't count. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, so don't count on that happening. Uh, what is going to happen, though, is that I'm going to spot uh, red flags. One red flag is a large gap in, in employment. Mm-hmm. Um if you tell me in the cover letter the reason that there's this gap is because that job doesn't really pertain to what I'm doing here. I worked at XYZ company. Uh, you know, that's mm-hmm. fine. I completely understand because you only have a limited amount of space on your one-page resume, right? Right. If it's an unexplained gap, I'm going to have concerns. 
right? You don't even have to tell me why the gap is there. Mm-hmm. Just mention that there is a gap. You can even say, for personal reasons, I was unable to work from this time to this time. Don't just leave it there for me to wonder. Right, right. And these days... Uh, because personal reasons, it's fine. Yeah. And and right now, with the economy and the way some things are moving, uh, the what is considered a big gap has, uh, can change industry to industry. Industry to industry. But like mm-hmm. in... Um, in most of the positions that I've seen, if it's over six months, you just want to just mention it. Um, mm-hmm. And let's be honest, how am I going to know one way or the other if you lie and say, like, I was working, but I was freelancing or right. I was working, but you know, uh, what do you call? Uh, I was out of the country or like mm-hmm. I was working, but it's not relevant to this job. I'm not going to know one way or the other. And quite frankly, I don't give a shit. Just just don't leave gaps in there for me to wonder. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and- I'll put down, you know, why, honestly. Yeah. And I I will put down like for the, I think the biggest gap in employment I have right now had was about eight months when Uh I was, you know, trying to consult, trying to do my own thing, trying to do all that stuff. And it just did not work. By the way, when you're just heading into what turns out to be a pretty big economic downturn, that's a bad time to try to be doing your own thing. Yeah. But if you mention, you know, mm-hmm. hey, look, it may seem like there's a gap here, but I was actually just freelancing. It, it, yeah. But, yeah. you know, I didn't work for anyone. I was working for myself. I was trying to get this thing off the ground. It didn't go anywhere. Fine. That's in this economy. Absolutely. That's a thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And in the summer of 2008. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That was yeah. a fucking shit show. Yeah, no, uh, that was that was the year I lost my job the week I, I the I lost my job the week before Christmas 2007. Mm-hmm. And uh, then decided starting in January, why should I find I can find work, I can freelance and it was you're right, it was a shit show. <laughs> it was a fucking shit show and it was just yeah. as bad in New York. Uh, um I think my ex had the job um shit. I think it was until about August uh, sorry, until about uh Almost Christmas time of of two thousand eight, and then uh, the contract ended, and we were stuck in that fucking apartment that cost twenty six hundred dollars a month. Oh um, yeah. And he tried to freelance because before that downturn, mm-hmm. people were shoving you know job applications up his asshole, like come work for us, come work for us. Oh and yeah, so, yeah. All right, I can freelance for a while. I can you know do some shit mm-hmm. for that. It, guess what did not happen? That thing he said. So. Yeah, it, it took almost almost um, uh, six years before that started to become the big viable thing again. Right. Uh, it took him almost until like 2016 or so mm-hmm. to find steady, steady work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a fucking shit show. Like you're talking eight years of like tutoring and, you know, uh, bullshit uh, adjunct jobs and like, mm-hmm. oh my God, it was a fucking nightmare. Yeah, so- but... But I think um, that the thing is, don't, if you're looking for a job and this sort of thing is happening to you, don't feel bad about it if it's literally circumstances outside of your control are fucking with correct. You. Yeah, it, but explain that's it. The thing that happens, but explain it. Yeah, don't try to hide it. And mm-hmm. and that's the that's the big thing is that if you're trying to hide something that's perfectly legitimate from me um, mm-hmm. at this point, what's going to happen when you're trying to hide a fuck up that you don't want me to know about? Right. Yeah. That, again, going back to that whole theme of I'm scared. 
I'm mm-hmm. nervous. I, you know, uh, I, I don't want to hire you if you're going to be hiding things from me in the future because that then means that, you know, I need you to admit your fuck ups so that we can fix it together. Like right. we're a team. We're not, you know, an island in this fucking situation. So those are my red flags is like when I have shit in there that seems either disingenuous or doesn't seem real or like you're trying to brush stuff under the rug, so to speak. Just tell me what happened. If you you don't want to tell me uh, that you left the last job because the manager was a giant prick, that's fair. Say that um, you could not grow enough in that company and that you decided that you wanted to chase other opportunities. That's a reasonable (laughs) thing to say. Yes. Um, Honestly, like any hiring manager who sees uh, was not enough room for growth um, decided to move on is not going to think badly of you. They're going to think, okay, this person has goals and they want to grow with the company. Right. Yeah. And that, and that you're driven. Yeah. And you want to make sure it fits too, but that's a different story. Pardon? I said, you want to make sure you want to make sure that uh, sometimes those, those, those goals, that growth at least align somewhat, mm-hmm. you know, but that, that's the point. Yep. That's that's the whole thing. So like this this young man that I was counseling on on getting that job, um, the reason he wanted to leave his current one was because there was no room for growth and he couldn't he couldn't you know promote any higher because um, it's not that he was at the top of his uh, field. It's that no matter how much training he did, no matter how much work he did, um, the company kept him there because he was too valuable to promote. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And. He was like, I don't want to stay at a company where I feel like I can't move up, where I can't expand my, you know, responsibilities and do more interesting stuff. It's not that he doesn't like doing the day-to-day shit. It's that he has other skills to offer, and if the company doesn't want to take advantage of it, he feels like he's wasting his time in theirs. Yeah, and that's, you know, uh, perfectly... Uh, understandable having been in that situation where, you know, I went out and specifically got skills to fill specific roles. And then, you know, it was much more of a, we fuck all happened. Yeah. And, or, or, well, maybe we want somebody with more experience. Maybe we, you know, just sort of, maybe we'll talk about it next year or the year after. It's like, okay. now. So why did I spend six months on this fucking project manager course? Uh, well, yeah. Why did I take the the time <laughs> off to do these courses? Why did I? Yeah, no, all that stuff. Yeah. It, it, and and as a hiring manager, mm-hmm. I want to see that. That means that you're gonna be like me. You're gonna mm-hmm. be that asshole who's like, I don't like how this is done. I think that there's a better way, and then mm-hmm. you're gonna do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I want, and that's what my boss wants. And so, I. I think that if you have, you know, uh, jobs that you left for reasons such as, you know, owner was an asshole, Mm -hmm. um, whatever, (laughs) there are ways to phrase it so that I don't see a red flag. Yes. Um, I saw on someone's resume, my hand to God, um, did not get along with other, uh, coworkers, uh, felt, uh, left out of everything. And I'm like, Mm. I understand that you're trying to be honest, mm. but there's the truth and yeah. the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And also remember something, if you've had to leave jobs because of, of conflicts with coworkers or feeling that, uh, you know, you, you yeah. seem to have been employed by a string of assholes, maybe yeah. make sure you're not the asshole. First of all. Secondly, don't <laughs> tell me that. Yeah, no. Lie. Yeah. Lie. Lie. It's fine. How the fuck am I going to know? Yeah, uh, it depends on the employment laws and what questions you're allowed to ask when you call to confirm Well, to be honest, history. you honestly think that I'm going to have time to call every single person that you've worked for and figure this out. I'm actually just going to call your references and call it a night to make sure you're not, you know, serial killer, and then yeah. we're good. Because my time is limited. I don't have the time to call every single person you've worked for. Yeah, usually you'll go what? Like, last job, maybe the job before it. Yep, that's yep. about it. And. To be honest, um, even if it's a previous job, um, nine times out of ten, they don't care mm -hmm. enough about you that they devote enough headspace. They're like, yeah, this person worked here from this day to this day. Uh, yes, this was the last day of their employment. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that's it. Like, I, In most cases, I don't even think I'm allowed to ask why they left. Right. Right, right. To the previous employer, because I think that's confidential information. Yeah, and they aren't, there are some things they aren't, aren't allowed to confirm. Mm -hmm. So they have to watch walk a very fine line, too. I mean, if you made a spectacular flaming exit, and there's, you know, a manager from the current company happens to be friends with a manager over there, and they hear about it that way, that's, maybe there's some gray area, but also, you know, check with your HR about how, how legal that is. But, like, your HR department isn't going to call their HR department and say, give me the scoop, brother. No. And let me say something else, Kevin. Your previous job does not want to pay your unemployment check. Nope. You're going to do anything in their power to make sure your ass gets hired. Right. Oh, yeah. They want you to get hired. Even if you were a flaming asshole, they're like, well, at least he's not my flaming asshole anymore. Go. Take mm -hmm. him. Go. Oh, yeah. You didn't spot any red flags? Go. Nuts. Bye. So, yeah, to be honest, um, uh, I don't like saying to people to lie, but lie. <laughs> or <laughs> lies. Uh, truth. Truth is not necessarily flexible, but you right. don't have to include the whole truth. No. And honestly, it's none of my fucking business. Right. Let's be honest, because at the end of the day, um, regardless of whether it's a mom and pop shop or a giant corporation, um, in the capitalist system that we live in, uh, mm -hmm. that person is not going to choose you over anybody else. Yeah, no. You owe them nothing. Yeah. Truth. You know what I mean? You owe them <laughs> nothing. So, like, as long as you can show up to work and do the thing mm -hmm. uh they it's really none of their fucking business and I, I think we all need to get out of this mindset that we owe these uh people that we sell our labor to anything because we really don't mm -mm. we just owe them exactly what we're paid for yeah and the only permanent record you have is a criminal record and keep that in mind too Right. <laughs> right. I mean, no, I mean, because people are like, oh, they're going to put something in my HR file. And you feel like it. it's like being told it's going on your permanent record when you're in middle school. Yeah, your permanent record in exactly. middle school lasts to middle school. Your permanent record at at job XYZ. Now, look at what you've got me doing. But at job XYZ, 
is, you know, uh, pretty much as long as you're employed there unless they need to file charges. I'm not going to be asking for your college transcript to look at what grades you got in English 101. Right. I'm going to be asking to look at your degree, to be honest. Um, so, like, even if you barely squeaked by with, you know, a C minus average and you got that fucking degree, I'm probably not even going to check up and see if you have that degree. Yeah. <clears throat> Unless it's a situation like doctor, lawyer, teacher, mm -hmm. uh, don't give a shit. Yeah, and honestly, don't give a shit. But and this is important. Don't lie about it. If you don't, don't lie about it, yeah. If you don't have a degree, you have a degree say you yeah. have a degree. Yeah, and if you don't, just be upfront about it. Because I'm going to tell right. you, if you get hired and they find out you said you had a degree and you don't, then you're in trouble. And there's there's then you're in some shit yeah um all these application forms always have that that final line about i <clears throat> affirm that everything in here is true uh mm -hmm. to the best of my knowledge and um any breach of the truth is you know grounds for xyz usually immediate termination yeah, yeah. exactly or and in some cases even um where they can seek uh monetary uh damages from you yeah oh yeah so, like, don't lie that you have a degree if you don't have a degree, but if you have a degree, you know, and maybe the grades weren't the greatest, unless they're specifically asking for a transcript, it doesn't fucking matter. Nobody cares. Yeah, you, you put you put the, you know, with a, a 4.0 GPA on your, your resume to make it look better. No one cares after a point. No one cares. Yeah. Don't put your GPA. Just say that you have a degree. That's enough. Yeah. yeah. So... Now we're down to talking about the resume, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. With regards to a resume for um, one of the more boutique jobs, um, I don't necessarily need to know every single one of your duties at each of the positions that you had. Um, if you want to give a rough overview, there's a difference between um, a curriculum vitae and a resume. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, in a CV, you put... Literally everything that you've done, every award, every paper, every published, this, that, that, and third, you put everything in in excruciating detail to the point where it's like, you know, a novel by the time you're done. In a resume, you're talking about somebody like, you know, this asshole here who has to <laughs> get, get as much information from it as quickly as possible mm -hmm. um, because uh, the oven timer is screaming at me right now and I need to pull those muffins out or they're going to burn. So. I don't really have all the time in the world to really take a deep dive, so to speak. <laughs> and and the, there's 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 been a lot of talk about a one page resume, like, mm -hmm. and I if it's a page and a half, that's fine. Yeah, and and I struggle sometimes paring it down because I have a tendency to write, you know, like a, a novella about what I was doing at one job, especially if I've been there more than two and a half, three years. So Correct. there's there's an art to paring that down and perhaps creating uh, bullet points instead of trying to write, a, yep. you know, a three paragraph summary of what you did for the last decade. Right. So here's what I do um, that helps me. Um, I use InDesign, but you can use uh, Word. You can use mm -hmm. whatever to do the same thing. Um, I just use InDesign because it's easy to export to an ex uh, to a PDF, and you know yeah. I'm comfortable. And with InDesign, when I drop something in a certain spot, it's not going to move because I dropped something <laughs> else somewhere else. 
Um, We're looking at you, I Word. You're on notice. Um. <laughs> you are on fucking notice. No, I don't want that picture to move with the rest of the text. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, um, I'm sure Ursula could rant about this ad nauseum. Um, like her potato rhyme. Anyway, so <laughs> what I do is that I have what's called a master resume. And <laughs> that has everything in excruciating detail. But what I do is that I, um, here, I'll put it to you this way. Um, treat me with kindness because I'm old and I forget and, you know, my eyes aren't the best and if I don't have my glasses, everything's blurry and stupid. So, so if you make your resume a giant wall of text, it's going to be very difficult for me to really differentiate between one you know, splat versus another fucking <laughs> splat. What right? I would like is something that clearly, clearly delineates without lines. I don't want lines. I I, I just want it to visually separate itself, right? Mm -hmm. So what I do uh, whenever I make a resume is that I make a three-column spreadsheet. <laughs> You cannot so so we're not using video on this one, folks, because it it eats way too much bandwidth. Uh, but my eyes just about rolled right out the back of my head. Yep, yep. I couldn't even see Kevin doing it. But okay, so <laughs> what I do is that I make a three column table. Um, <clears throat> on the leftmost column, I have the company, um, the dates that I worked for them, um, and the position. Mm -hmm. In the middle, uh, this thing, um, I have uh, like a brief job description of, you know, what that job entails. Then on the third column, I have the specifics of the things that either I accomplished or that I was responsible for. Right. And this is in my master list. So what I do is that at, as each job posting that I'm interested in comes my way, um, I take that master list and save it as a new file because I've made that mistake one too many times. Let's not even go down that fucking <laughs> Oh, <road>. yeah. I, <laughs> Put it I in a separate directory. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I save it as a new file named with the with something to help me remember what the Christ that fucking job was called. Mm. Um, and then I start cutting. I start taking out anything that's not relevant uh, with regards to what the requirements were on the job posting. Um, and what this helps me do is that it also helped me formulate my cover letter. Because mm -hmm. now that I've gotten this beautiful little outline, because that's really what a resume should be. It should be like an outline. Yeah. Um, what I start doing is that I start trimming anything that's not relevant to this particular job. I may mention it in passing in the cover letter and say, mm -hmm. like, yes, I was, you know, uh, um, doing uh menu creation and uh costing recipe costing and you know inventory controls and things like that but i also did you know uh, i i also fixed their website i also you know blah blah mm -hmm. blah if, if i feel like it'll help me you know look better in that particular position so what 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 the resume does for me is that it basically writes the outline for the cover letter okay See what I'm yeah. yeah i get you i get you and because I have this master resume where I have put in so much detail about every single job that I've had, it doesn't take long to remove. It takes more time to add. Oh, dear God. Yeah. yeah. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. No. So it uh, takes me three it, seconds to remove a couple of bullet points. Um, it takes me a lot longer to sit here and have to craft a resume every single fucking time for each job posting because each of them has such specific requirements mm -hmm. and chances are i have that requirement under my belt i'm 36 years 
old. Like I've been in the job market for ages. So like it, it's and Kevin is laughing in 48. But. I'm 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 no, I if I'm staring over the top of my glasses at the microphone with that disapproving like, yeah. look like <laughs> shut your mouth. You fucking whippersnapper. Yeah. Uh, Get off so- my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, but the point is, it's like, I, chances are, if I'm interested in the job posting, I already know how to do that thing that you want me to do. But I also have done a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I present you with this flood of shit that's not relevant to the job posting, um, I'm basically fucking myself. What's the point in sending you something that you're not going to read? Yeah, do you care that I worked for a uh, as an on-air personality for a country and western radio station in the first part of the 90s? Probably not. Yeah, probably not. <clears throat> probably not. It's interesting to mention in, you know, other activities or whatever. Yeah. But I really don't need to pay attention to that right now. Mm-hmm. Like uh, looping back to the I'm scared, I'm having a high level of, you know, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, I have to hire someone. This is not the time to distract me with anything more than the bare minimum of what I need to know. Yeah, yeah. And and in looking at my own, mine is much more, looking at it now, much more curriculum vitae, and I need, uh-huh. to, I need to fix that, but no one needs to see what I was doing in 92. Right, because it's probably not even relevant anymore. Well, it, uh, uh, soft skills, because that was when I was working technical support. Right, but the specific tech stuff that you did oh, yeah. in '92, nobody cares. Probably obsolete by now. Uh, right. It no longer exists. But to know that yeah. you've had those soft skills since '92, I think is kind of valuable. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, like in your case, what I would do is just trim all the stuff that was you know technical related and just mention it in one bullet point. You know, dealt with multiple softwares. Done. That's enough. Yeah. Um, okay. Because you've already listed your software proficiencies um, under you know software proficiencies like mm-hmm. that's a thing right that's, oh yeah uh so when i have this master resume what i do when when i cut back cut back cut back i can usually get it down to because of the weird ass mix of jobs that i've had i can usually get it down to a page and a half yeah yeah because i haven't had the same job over and over again every single job has been different first job was tech support second job was restaurant Third job was uh, working as a door to no, yes. Third job was working as somebody who went door to door and uh, tried to get people to register to vote. Um, okay, job okay. after I was, that. I was going to say if it the, was the if it was the door to door vacuum cleaner salesman, I was going to give you another no, a disapproving uh, look. No, 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 no. I'm not involved in MLMs. I swear. So <laughs> <laughs> they're all evil and they're terrible. Oh, yeah. So, and then the fourth job was working for that sink importer slash construction uh, contractor. Yeah. Then the fifth job was working for the artist. And then now I've got that rice thing. So, like, none of those jobs are even vaguely similar to each other. So it's not like I can say uh, same shit as the last one. You know, C mm-hmm. X Y Z. It's they are very weird and the specific things that I've had to do for each one vary wildly. So, okay. So maybe it takes me about a page and a half, but the point is, is that it started off at six pages. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, there, there's a reason I dropped my entire tech proficiencies list off of my resume because it's, it's not only is it huge, but 
there are things on there I don't want to work on anymore and they will they still find it in there and will send me send me recruitment things. Um I keep getting stuff about Java programming in the New York, New Jersey area. I haven't been a Java programmer in over 18 years and I haven't lived in New York, New Jersey since 96. Right. Yeah. That's <laughs> I, it's like why, you know, okay, I'm in a database somewhere about those things from 20 years ago. But and they're still up your ass. Yeah about it yeah and you're kind of like bitch where were you in 2008 uh no because <laughs> i was still down here and couldn't know, couldn't yeah. relocate but you know i mean that's the thing it's like ever since the the big internet hiring thing happened like linkedin i think it was linkedin they don't even care mm-hmm. what year it was they just see new york java and shove it out the door mm-hmm. and you you and ha- it's a waste yeah, and not only is it a waste for for them, it's a waste for me. And were I to apply for that, then it becomes a waste for whoever the end customer is, because they might right. see all this stuff and say, "Hey, this guy will be great," but I can't actually do the job anymore. Well, and also, it's like, why why waste everybody's time? It's not even worth it. Oh yeah, no, because it's it's literally a waste of your time and theirs. It's mm-hmm. like, what are we fucking doing? Like, so. Honestly, cut down that resume so that um, it looks neatly formatted. Um, I don't need you to be a graphic designer. I don't need you to go hire somebody to do the resume for you because those people are fucking sharks. Um, I'm not talking about actual graphic designers who are like, hey, I can help you with your, you know, layouts and shit. I'm talking about the ones who are like uh, uh, hiring managers only look for this shit on the resume Mm -hmm. so you need to hire us and spend you know hundreds of dollars on making the shit you don't i just need it to be neat um and in such a way that it's very easy for me to see where the blocks of text begin and end and if you do that three column situation um the left and middle columns are going to be very very short and the Mm -hmm. right most column is going to be longer and so it's very clear to me where the next one starts because there's the next column yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and by the way, there are companies out there who will come to you and say, uh, we can certainly fix your resume and get you, you know, that that premium $150,000 right. a year job. And then they're going to want $15,000 up front. Don't do that. Don't do that. And don't because do that. P.S., they're lying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're not going to do the thing that they said mm-hmm. they're going to do. Um but the point is, is that you can do this on your own. You oh, don't need a yeah. professional to do it. Um, I've I've seen beautiful resumes. Um, there's um, if you have the newest version of uh, Microsoft Word, um, they even have templates uh, for resumes from like Moo.com, where the uh, that company releases it for free because they want you to buy their premium paper and the rest of it. Oh yeah. Um, but. But they're releasing it for free as a service, as sort of like a you'll keep us in the back of your mind the next time you need business products. Um, and these are beautifully designed resumes, and they're, the templates are free. Yeah, well, and if I've, you Google resume template, I guarantee you you'll find something nice. I, I was going to say I've been a Moo business card customer for years. They're they're where all my cards come from. So you know, yeah, oh, absolutely. Their, their cards are gorgeous. They're they're so perfect. I tried to have one done by a local printer to try to get to that same quality. And yes, he charged me about half, but the quality was a tenth. Yeah, I and the mini moves are still like I don't use them for productivity alchemy because the logo doesn't fit on a mini, but the uh-huh. the, the mini moves are just 
the 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 half size cards. I just I love them. Yeah, you know, and, and that's so. Okay, so now you've got your resume done. Mm-hmm. You've got your, uh, and so this is why I recommend that people start with the resume by looking at the job posting and comparing and contrasting. You know what fits, what doesn't. Trim out anything that's not relevant. Um, put in all those things that are relevant front and center. Um, and then if you think that a particular responsibility that you had at a job uh, could be interesting for the hiring manager, put mm-hmm. it in there, but closer to the bottom of that list. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, then use that resume and use it as an outline to write your cover letter. Inject your personality into the cover letter, mm-hmm. You know, make it your own. Um, not each cover letter needs to be the same level of um customization we talked about form cover letters before right yeah 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 so the main body of the cover letter you're more than welcome to do as a form letter so to speak whereas the intro and the closing those parts you can very easily customize and that's that's pretty much what i've been doing Right. Because, Which makes sense. Yeah. Because, I mean, the, the about me section is doesn't change significantly. Job to job. Right. Right. No, it doesn't. But but the but the intro where it's mm-hmm. like, here's what I know about your company. Here's what I know about your 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 values, your your culture, the, mm-hmm. the things that you guys are uh, considered to be important. Um, and then here's the body of all the places that I'm pointing out to you as you're my tour guide, pointing out the architecture. Here's here's my tour guide of my resume. Um, and then in closing, um, I'm really looking forward to meeting with you guys because of X, Y, and Z, um, because, you know, these are the kinds of things that I like doing. Those two parts can be customized to each job search um, within a couple of minutes. It doesn't oh, yeah. take that long. Oh, yeah. Um, even if you create yourself a template and just plug in the blanks wherever it goes, that's perfectly legit. Um, because if you're, you're actually doing a concerted job search for what's going to be a really good fit for you, a lot of those jobs are going to have very similar requirements. Oh, yeah. Very, yeah, significantly so, similar requirements. So the middle bit can be the same mm-hmm. all throughout, and I won't notice that, I can guarantee you. Yeah, no, because you're not seeing because, three times, right? Correct. Yeah. So what I'm seeing is that with the intro, you've told me, um, you know, here's why I want this job uh, mm-hmm. with regards to why I'm a good fit for it. Um, and you're mentioning specific uh, uh, phrasing, phrasing that I've used in my <laughs> job posting. Um <laughs> <laughs> and the middle bits, what you're doing is you're allaying my anxieties and making me not mm-hmm. so scared. Like mm-hmm. now I'm not a shivering kitten on top of the refrigerator. Now I'm purring in your hands. All is good. Um, and then in the closing, you're basically like, you know, wrapping it all up. So all you really had to change was two paragraphs, the first and the last. The middle bits are going to be more or less the same. Let's Pretty be much. Yeah, very much the same. Um, and so you got a good cover letter now. Uh, mm-hmm. So now we move on to the interview. Mm-hmm. Um, a mistake that I find that a lot of candidates make, um, let's, let's hit some obvious mistakes, right? Yeah. First big one, uh, you misrepresent what you can do. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. So that sync job, um, required heavy duty Excel use, um, to the point where you needed to make up your own formulas to calculate all kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And did I, did I tell you about the test? Yeah. That yeah, I yeah, yeah. You, you, you yeah, talk, yeah. We, we talked, talked about, about that on the last one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Right. Which for those and of you listening at home, I'll link to the I'll link to the show notes. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, long story short, um, there was like a heavy duty requirement of expert level knowledge of Excel, and the people who wrote it on their resume did not expect me to have a field test for them. Right. Yeah. yeah. But guess what? I had a field test for them. No, I I, I just and had that did not end well. Yeah, I just had an interview. It was a remote one where they, where we both log onto this web service and they can watch me type and watch me write code because yeah. with specific requirements. Now it wasn't like a big C program with this. It was much more of a, you know, how would you solve this particular problem? And it wasn't any of the, you know, the gotcha questions. It was like a real world. Here are two types of firewall rules. How would you make this so that you could run a single script and do this instead of having to hand type all these commands? And so I did, right? Right, and they could watch you doing it. Yeah, and and I could talk them through it. It wasn't like it was it was a, a <clears throat> you know it wasn't like it was a trick question. It wasn't like it was the you know um, or anything like that. It was a very simple, practical thing that gave the company insight into how I would be solving these problems. I didn't get the job, but that's okay. I feel really good because that was the first one of those I've ever done, and I got a lot of positive feedback. And now I know I can do that kind of interview, right? And and to be honest, probably they were doing it because they had people swearing backwards and forwards what hot shit they were, and all of a sudden they show up and they're constipated, and it's not working. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they're like, I don't want to waste my fucking time on this Mm -hmm. shit, so, like, let's goddamn do this. So the point is, is, like, the number one mistake that people make is that they misrepresent their talents and mm-hmm. I'm going to spot it. Even, even if I don't give you a field test, I'm going to spot it. Oh yeah. Um, because supposing, so I use QuickBooks all the time, right? So like if I tell someone, um, you know, uh, I want to do like talk me through the process of of doing you know a profit loss summary for a specific date range, and anybody who has used Excel for even five minutes knows uh, mm. you go to the reports menu, you go to company profits loss, and then just change the dates on the two you, little boxes. You mean in QuickBooks, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Bob's your uncle. Done. Yeah. Um, or, or I say, like, you know, um, what are some of the export options that I have um, from a report, and if. If I don't hear at least PDF and Excel, I'm going to think you're a fucking idiot because that's the most common things that people do with these reports. Oh, yeah. And I don't need you to do a field test to know that you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And that's in in my field. That's the technical screen, right? I can spot a bullshitter a mile away during the technical screen. Mm-hmm. You know, if you come so in, like, yeah, and and lie to my face, like make up bullshit on the spot and then defend it as if it is perfectly true, then I know you're not getting past the interview. Oh no, you're not fucking getting past the interview. No. I'm going to shut it the fuck down because I don't have time. Right. Absolutely. And and the thing is, is that with these boutique jobs, I'm going to spot that in the phone interview. Oh yeah. So. To be honest, you're wasting your time and mine, and now I hate you. Because, okay, so there's been multiple times where I've had um, uh, resumes and, and job interviews with people where they're not 
they're not hired, not because they're not a good fit, but because somebody was a better fit. Um, Mm -hmm. Then when that person came on, we realized this person's a fucking, you know, shit heel and we need to let them go. So the second person I'm going to call is the next qualified down that list. You know what I mean? I I know exactly what you mean. And oh, by the way, hiring managers, Uh, hiring managers, mm. if you stick, let some, if you know, somebody's got to go, but you're going to like, try to improve them or whatever and it's causing issues with the rest of the team get rid of them do not try to redeem this person because they're not going to be redeemed or you're, you're going to spend more time trying to redeem them maybe they can be but you're going to ruin or you're going to wreck the rest of the team while you do it right and again we don't have time for this shit training right. is expensive yeah you're not it's not your job to so, redeem or fix bad employees right And so my thing is, is that if you're honest and maybe you weren't quite as qualified as the next guy up, um, but the next guy up lied. uh, And when we found out that he showed up on the field and he, you know, lost it, um, I'm still going to call you next. But if you show up and lie to me and misrepresent yourself and I caught you on it, like, let's say the phone interview or the personal interview, um, I never want to see you again. Right? Because if you're lying at this base, base level, you're going to keep lying. Oh, yeah. And I don't have time for that shit. No. I And, I, you know, you've already wasted my time getting this far into the process. Correct. Like, you, you made it past my sensors with regards to the cover letter. You made it par- past my sensors to get past the resume. Um, you made it past my phone interview. You showed mm-hmm. up in person. Turned out you were a lying sack of shit. Um, I will never do something nice for you again. Because, so at the restaurant, um, I we, we talked about how restaurants tend to be a little incestuous, where it's like, um, if you work at a restaurant, you're never going to be in need for a job. Because even if you're done with one particular place, that guy knows everybody else who owns a restaurant in that same town. And he'll call someone else and say, hey, uh, do you, are you hiring? Yeah, there's just a really good guy coming on the market, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, so giving you a heads up, this person's showing up. Um, if if you showed up and I had a resume that was smashing it and you smashed the interview and, and, and you're really, really good, mm-hmm. but I couldn't hire you because someone was just a little bit better. Um, the next time someone calls and says like, hey, do you have anyone who has, you know, thus and so skills? I'm going to say, yeah, yeah, call this guy. He, he's looking for a job. Yep, we we would have hired. We we just had some guy, you know, just just one or two things that made him hire. Right. He was our second choice. Yeah, and we do that. We, and so give this guy a look. Yeah, and we I, and we'll do that in in at least when I was working for the bigger company, that would happen actually a lot. It would be like, well, this guy isn't a right fit for us, but he's a really good guy. Maybe your department could use him. Right. Right. We're going to pass. I know someone else who's desperately looking. Mm-hmm. Because it happens in every field, doesn't it? Oh God, yeah, yeah. Ours, it just ha- in my field, it just happens to happen. Happens to happen. It happens a lot on like, <laughs> on like you know the Slack channels and the and the chat channels and and sort of the the. I'm I'm not going to say sysadmin Twitter because I don't think there's a sysadmin Twitter. We're too busy, but there certainly are sysadmin Slacks. I mean, if there was a sysadmin Twitter, uh, nobody would have time to get on it. Yeah, kind of. I I put less time into Twitter when I have a full-time job because I'm busy focusing on that, right? So, 
Right. So back to the story about that guy who didn't get this job. Mm-hmm. Um, long story longer. Uh, I, 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 he got through the first two rounds. Right. Um, first three rounds, something. Um, and the final round, uh, he choked and didn't quite make it. Um because of cultural differences, they're an overseas company, whatever. Point right. is, you've got two people now who think very, very highly of him. Mm-hmm. And the hot second that they either find an opportunity in their company or somebody else who says, I need someone who has these skills, they're immediately going to think of him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because he was 100% honest with his abilities and... You know, the the owner decided that he wasn't the right fit because he didn't have quite as many years of experience as he would have liked. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was like, first of all, hold on to this kid's resume because he's a really good one. And, um, you know, if at some point when this company expands and we have more spaces for people uh, to come in, I want him in here um, just because he's not right at this exact moment. I want him. And P.S., the HR manager and the hiring manager both adore him. And if they hear word one, even so he was honest. He was like, I don't have this many years that you're looking for. I have this many years and it's not the exact customer service that you're looking for. It's something related to, um, but I feel like I would be able to do the job. So he didn't get it because he wasn't plug and play. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I've seen that so many times. Yeah. Now you've got three people who really, really like you because, first of all, you were honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but second of all, everything else about you was awesome. So the hot second that they can get you, they're going to reach out. Or the hot second that they find somebody who needs someone who has your skills, they're going to send them your way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If um... he had lied and showed up and they had realized that he had lied, they would have blacklisted him. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and the that's the sort of thing where he... They, now, technically, there isn't a blacklist in these industries, but again, word gets around. Technically. Yes. Yeah. Because if there were a black, an official blacklist or something like that, that would be collusion and all that bad antitrust stuff. Where Well, it, no, it's not like they're calling other companies and telling them, don't hire this guy. It's more right. like they're never going to hire him. Right. Or oh, you're you're interviewing in, interviewing that guy. Yeah, he didn't do so good at our site on our interview, right? He lied on our interview. Like yeah. and this happens around the coffee shop. It happens, you know, at the bar. It doesn't happen officially, but let's be honest, people talk to each other all the time. Oh yeah, <clears throat> and especially anyway. in in the because of the 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 different even. You know, sysadmins are known for just having random tech meetups or, or going to things like that. Uh, DevOps days. Um, oh, really? Yeah, you, not hookups, meetups. And um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting excited. But uh, but you know, I mean, I also know that there is like a whole. Thank you, Anthony Bourdain, for ruining it for everybody else. Um, but there's that whole like sort of restaurant subculture where everybody it, it's very incestuous and everybody knows everybody else. And every, mm-hmm. You all go out drinking together at 4 a.m. Cause who the hell else is up at 4 a.m. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. um, you know, in vino veritas, you know, so like yeah. people talk, they've had a few glasses of uh, Merlot mm-hmm. and they're like, this guy was a fucking shit heel and we hate him. And it's like, now everybody knows what a piece of shit you are. Yeah. And we're a little more 
shall we say, discreet about it. Like, you know, we're, right. we're, we'll, we'll be at that, that tech conference and you'll see the guy go by and you'll be like, oh, that asshole. Like, then yeah. be, and everybody will be like, what, what did he do? And I'm like, oh, let me tell you about the mess I had to clean up at my last job. <laughs> right? The hours I had to spend because of that asshole. Right? That's how it gets around in, our, in my circles. And I'm oh, sure no. there are people pointing out going, that asshole at me, too. Oh, sure. Right. But, but the thing is, is that there's also other people who will vouch for you because they know you're not that asshole. Right. Right. Absolutely. So you can't prevent everything. But at the end of the day, don't fucking lie. Don't misrepresent who you are. You are who you are. You have what you have. And at the end of the day, if you don't have that thing, don't try to pretend that you do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So that's my number one, number one mistake in an interview. <laughs> Second biggest one um, I find is that the types who will evade my questions. Dancing around it. Yes. Won't mm-hmm. directly answer it. Correct. Yep. And so. Now I'm getting angry because I know I've I have had to deal with all of these people. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about, yeah. don't you, Kevin? Yeah, because I mean, I've had to, I've had to, you know, ask a question and I get back a non-answer. And when you press if on them, I'm asking you something. Yeah, it's because I really need to know what would happen in that situation. Oh yeah, and, and like the two of oh. us can go on tangents because you know this is informal. This is fine. I'm not trying to get hired, you know, to work for Red Wombat Empire. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you you uh you you're, you're vegan. I don't think you can even touch the the chickens. So you know, not so much. No, no, no. I like petting chickens. They're very sweet creatures. <laughs> I've met quite a few. Yes. So that's um. There's a farm sanctuary in upstate New York where I got married to my ex, and oh um, yeah, yeah. We got to pet the chickens and the cows and the et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> anyway, and the sheep. The sheep were my favorite because if you kneel down um, and uh, they know that you give good head scritches, um, somehow oh. they telepathically commu- communicate with the rest of the sheep and all the sheep will come bum rush you for head scritches. And it oh, is yeah. the cutest thing you have ever seen. I, I, I have heard tell of this, but I've never been around enough sheep for it to matter. And don't plan on getting near enough sheep for it to, for it to matter. They are so. such sweet creatures. They're adorable. Um, goats are assholes. No, oh, no, I, I know. love them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they they like to play, and so mm-hmm. like if you turn your back at the wrong moment, they will find that exact moment to headbutt you. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I I'm I my favorite kind of goat is curried. This is why you're not getting goats, Kevin. That's, that's why you're drawing the line in the sand. Absolutely. That's why. That's why no goats at this house. But. So anyway, it's it's like uh, what's her, uh, from uh, Incredibles. Uh, no capes. You're like no goats. I you, <laughs> that is like one of the two Pixar movies I've never seen. I would recommend it just I, because it's um, not your typical Pixar movie. I you're I, not buying the first five minutes. Yeah, no, Ursula, Ursula, and I have already determined that's that's you know one I really need to watch. So. I am side-eyeing up right now. Anyway, anyway. Yeah, no, yeah, no. <laughs> Five minutes in, I'm a fucking puddle on the ground, just like sobbing my eyes out. Anyway. Uh, yeah, me so... too. Don't worry about it. It was, yeah. <laughs> and those motherfuckers, they, you're like, all right, that's good. We got the big sob scene out of the way. And right. then I swear to God, 
20 minutes before the end of the movie. Here it oh, comes yeah. again. And you're like, you motherfucker. I alert, thought we were, yeah. No, I'm not going to tell alert. anything other than, than there. Thanks for all the yeah. adventures. Go have your own. And I just died. Like, I nope. was done. Nope. That wasn't that. That was part of it. But the one that finally ruined me was because you're my master and I love yeah. you. Oh, and then he was like, well, you're my dog, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. I have met multiple dogs who would be dug like down. I live with two of them. <laughs> I have just met you and I love you. <laughs> yes. Yes. We digress. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> So things yeah, not to so talk right. about in your interview when you cried at a Pixar movie, maybe, uh. uh, unless I'm the hiring person and then I'll probably cry with you anyway. Yeah. So I, I, I don't want you to feel like the question that I'm asking you is meant to throw you off balance. The reason I'm asking the question is because I really do want to know the answer. It used to be back in the day that interviewers asked very stupid questions that didn't matter for shit. Still happens. You know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. But with these boutique jobs, what happens a lot is that the hiring managers are savvy to these stupid questions and the stupid answers that people give. I'm not going to ask you what's your weakness. No. Because you're going to give me a dumb answer that you've rehearsed. I. And while I, I, and, I, I will admit to having a couple of what you might think are those kinds of questions in my back pocket, I always have a reason for asking them, not just, like, actual weakness. I mean, it's, right. it's, it's like the failure question. I ask people, when's the last time they cause an outage? Or, like, so what I tend to do, rather than say, like, what's your weakness, mm -hmm. is that <clears throat> I'll say, like, um... Uh, in your current job, um, if there's anything you could change, what would you change and how? Okay. Which right. I think is a fair question because it shows me that you're thinking about the systems and habits that are in place mm -hmm. and that you're constantly looking for ways to improve them. That's the kind of person that I want on my team. Oh, yeah. Like, I want to know that I'm hiring someone who's an asshole like I am, who's like, <laughs> I'm going to call you on this bullshit, and I'm going to tell you why you're wrong, and this is why you're wrong, and let's fix it together. That's what I want. I want someone who's going to tell me when I'm wrong, and tell me when I'm fucked up. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, I agree. I, I want to know... I'm human. Yeah. I, I want to hear you tell about a time you actually did fuck up. Right. Whether it's your right. fault or not. And and what the results were at the end of it, because it isn't so much that right. I broke it and I fixed it. It's OK. What else did you do? Why did did right. you find out why it broke? Did you put processes in place to make sure it didn't? Did you document it so that you knew so that if it broke again, people knew what they were doing with it? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and see, these are the kinds of incisive questions that hiring people are asking nowadays mm -hmm. where. It's like, I want to know how I can support you. Like, I'm not asking you what was your last really horrible fail because I want to, you know, have you shame yourself in front of me. I, I don't want to gloat about it. Well, maybe a little, but. <laughs> no, but like, I want you to, I want to know what things happen that cause you to fail. You know what I mean? Right. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, what are these things that that were in place that made it possible for you to fail? And what can we do together to fix that? To prevent it from so happening again. Have yeah. to be there. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Exactly. And and th- th- that's the thing is like these questions that the boutique jobs are are crafting are not meant to trip you up or make you look like an asshole. They're meant to make you really think about, you know, who I am as a worker. A really good question mm-hmm. I got from my boss was, um, uh, what do you love doing? What do you hate doing and why? Oh, nice. Which is, I think, a perfectly fair question. Absolutely, yeah. He was like, what is your, he didn't say, what do you love doing? He said, what is your favorite part of your job right now? And what is something that you absolutely hate doing? And so I told him, because at the time I was working pretty much exclusively as a bookkeeper, I told him the favorite part of my job is uh, bank reconciliation because what I get to do is watch all the numbers line up so neatly and then get that zero uh, where it's the uh, reconciliation discrepancy and it's so satisfying to watch everything line up so perfectly and it's just such a nice feeling uh, it's like this moment of zen where it's like yes everything works we have paperwork we have documentation oh. everything's nice you know what I mean like I described it to him that way and he was like oh my <laughs> <laughs> it was like in that last episode where Liz was like uh, do you need a moment with the chocolate Kevin <laughs> yeah right <laughs> Um, and then he was like, what do you absolutely hate doing? And I told him sales. I was very honest. I was like, I hate doing sales because I am proud of whatever it is that I represent. You know, like if I'm going to work for a brand, I'm not going to work for a brand that I'm not proud of all the things that they're doing. That's not the point. The point is, is that I don't want someone spending money on something that they don't necessarily need. Yeah, um, mine is mine is much more about hey, um, I don't necessarily agree with everything a company's doing, but if I find myself disagreeing with most of you know the brand or what they stand for, then maybe I don't want to work there, and maybe the people, Correct. yeah, absolutely. But I, I don't have that mindset for sales where it's like you need to be able to talk someone around to your side and create a need for something <laughs> that's not something that I'm comfortable doing and it's not something that I ever want to do. So I was like, I'm, I will do any job that you throw my way. I will, you know, it's fine. Just don't ask me to do sales because I don't feel comfortable doing it. And, and it was an honest answer. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like, I'm, I'm not trying to bear my soul. I'm just trying to tell you who I am as a person, who I am as a, as a human, where it's like, my job is to support the sales team. So if the customer says that they need 30,000 documents, my job is to organize it in such a way that they get exactly what they need so that the sales team doesn't have to worry about that. I love doing that kind of work. I love being someone's assistant, but I'm not the one who's going to go chase down contracts and, you know, find new people to buy shit for you. That's not who I am. Hand escort things through legal to make sure it all gets done in time. Exactly. And so like, because I I feel like because I was so honest in my answers with regards to like uh, what do you love what do you hate that kind of thing um, he was comfortable 
you know, hiring me on because I wasn't trying to feed him a line of like, because if I had said, uh, there's nothing I'm uncomfortable with, I can do anything um, as, if I set my mind to it. And to be honest, if I had to do sales, I feel like I could learn eventually. Yeah, it's right? it's um, having done that, I don't necessarily recommend it because I found out the hard way exactly. I'm not meant for sales. Right. right. And, yeah. and But that's the thing is that he didn't ask me the question to watch me fail. He asked mm -hmm. me the question because he wanted to make sure that he's not throwing something my way that I'm not comfortable with. Right. Okay. Okay. Should he yeah. hire me? Should he hire me? Because if he was looking for somebody, let's let's put the list down, who does QuickBooks, who knows how mm -hmm. to do uh, shipping logistics, who knows how to um, handle customs and FDA and Border Patrol and all this other shit. On top of which, he wanted someone to do sales. Uh, um, I would have demanded six times what he was. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, I'm not saying I'm getting paid i'm making more money now than i ever have in my life I'm, I'm making good money doing what i'm doing but the thing is is that like if if that's what he expected i would demand way more money oh yeah but if i had misrepresented myself as i, I can do anything he would have every right to ask me to do sales yeah as, uh, right? as long as you knew up front that's what you were getting into as well correct because yeah. if, if he said, um, I'm going to need you to let me know what you're not comfortable doing so that I can support you and not give you that shit to do. Right. And then I tell him I can do everything. Then he would have every right to get pissed off at me when I tell him I don't want to do that. Oh, no, no, no. I don't do that. Well, and I said everything. I meant everything right. but that. But that. And then he mm -hmm. would be like, so why didn't you say it into the interview, bitch? Mm-hmm. And that's why we're asking these specific questions, and that's why we don't want you to evade them, is because I'm asking you this because I want to know how to support you. Oh, yeah. Or to see if you're a good fit. Because if I need you to be able to do this thing and you absolutely hate doing it, maybe you're not the right person for that position. Yeah. Oh, and maybe we need to find that out in the interview process and not, you know, six months down the line and you hate yourself. And maybe we go back after that and we say, OK, we've got a lot of people who did this, but are uncomfortable doing this other thing we need. Right. Maybe we need to outline. Maybe we need to change some of the parameters on the on the listing. Correct. And maybe mm -hmm. we need to split the positions because we're not finding that person because right. we're asking too much of one person. And this is a thing that corporate does a lot. They expect one oh. person to be everything. Am oh, I wrong? Uh, you're absolutely right. Like, yeah, no, uh, well, you're, 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 we're hiring you to be primarily a system administrator, but oh, by the way, although we didn't say it, we expect you to debug and report bugs in our actual product at the same time, because you're the person who runs it. We just write it. And that's not how that works. That's, yeah, no, that's not how it's supposed to work. But often that they're like, there's some unwritten, there are unwritten requirements where it's like, yes, if it crashes, you the developers aren't going to come and fix it. You're, you're going to have to figure out what's wrong. And if it's an actual bug, tell the developers about it so they can reproduce it on their own and then get it back up and running. Or it's like um, if you hire someone um, specifically to do coding mm -hmm. and then now you expect them to do customer support. And you, you don't specify that up front. Correct. Right. And it's like, uh, bitch, uh, that's mm -hmm. not my job. And But the thing is, is that if they tell you in the interview, what is it that you're not comfortable doing? And you say, I can do everything. 
there's nothing I'm uncomfortable doing. And you don't put out there, I prefer to sit in my dark corner of the office and code all day. And I don't want to see another human until <laughs> absolutely necessary. Uh, it behooves you to say that so that they don't try to pull that shit on you. Right. Or more importantly, you don't end up in a brightly lit office with four people who expect you to talk and interact and all of that all day long. By the way, learn right. those soft skills, even if they feel a little uncomfortable at first, because I don't know a workplace anymore that doesn't have that sort of environment. As What's that? Uh, having, you know, like a quad where it's four people in a room that are all on the same team that are expected to be working together. So they're all in the same room or in the same cube kind of area. Oh, my God. That open office bullshit. Uh, yeah. Or at least the close location thing. Yeah. Oh, no, that can die in a fire. People yeah. need their own offices. Fuck that noise. Yeah, well, I mean, but that's the thing. Like, we'd have a, a, a team of developers that were working on a product, and instead of having individual offices or cubes, they basically, they had started taking meeting rooms, like predefined meeting rooms on the floor plan, so they didn't have to redo the whole floor. But instead of putting in a table and an AV system, they just put in desks. That's fucking disgusting. Right? I, I absolutely hate that shit. I... The thing is, is that I love the people who work in the co-working space where I'm at. Mm -hmm. um, but I love also being able to shut my fucking door and get my work done. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because when I shut the door, it's a signal, leave me the fuck alone unless it's an emergency. And, and then, of course, if it's an emergency or you really need something, sure, I'll help you out. But, like, I need my space. Leave me alone. Yeah, and uh, and I swear these new <laughs> office plans also with the – you have the open office and then the managers have a – have their desk, but it's got like a clear sliding glass door so they can have their yeah. private conversation and still see you or you can right. see them. Yeah. So there's Awkward. the third mistake that people make with uh, mm -hmm. interviews. This dovetails perfectly. The third mistake is not asking questions. Oh, truth. See what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's like if if I if I'm engaged with the job, if I really want this job and I feel like I'd be a good fit, I'm going to ask a lot of really specific questions. What is the culture? Um, what mm -hmm. am I expected to do on a day to day basis? Um, you know, uh, how do you guys feel about like, uh, you know, taking like a coffee break or like a smoke break or something like that? Like what is the overall overarching type of shit. Um, if there's something interesting that that company is doing, it behooves you to ask them, um, what are the chances that I could be involved in this, you know, particular uh, piece of the pie that you guys do? I know that I'm getting hired for this, but I think this is kind of interesting. I'd like to, you know, see if I could put my finger in that pie. I, ask really pointed, interesting oh, yeah. questions so that you show that you're engaged because when the interviewer says, do you have any questions? And your response is, no, I'm good. Um, okay. Now I, we're not engaging. I will, I will usually qualify that with at this time. Because I, I may go through this whole thing and not have a specific question at that moment, but something will occur to me an hour later. Well, no, for sure. But like what I'm saying is, is that regardless of what job you go into, mm -hmm. um, you should have a couple of basic questions for anyone who wants to hire you um, that makes you feel comfortable because this is a two-way street. 
Oh, yeah. Great, isn't it? The hiring manager's nervous and scared, but so are you. Like, what if you get hired and you absolutely hate it? And it it gets kind of doubly difficult sometimes for me since a lot of the things I am looking at uh, are remote. And Mm -hmm. everybody's, for whatever reason, even if they're an all-remote company, everybody's nervous about remote. Um, Yeah. Because... Because nobody's standing there watching you. Yeah. And while you, my, you know, my direct manager may be doing the exact same thing I am, which is working for an hour, and then you got to get up and pace for a little bit and maybe take the dog out, in my case, you know, go throw things at the chickens and then come back and work a little more. And maybe my boss does that. Maybe my boss is a sit down and I don't move for eight hours person, you know, right. um, but that, but that you know, the questions that I ask every job is like, uh, do you expect me to stay after clock out time? And I'm, I'm very careful to ask that question because mm-hmm. it's like, a, there's, there's this, there's this thinking, uh, with a lot of corporate people and that fucking asshole, Elon Musk, who's like, nobody did anything on eight, 40 hours a week. Uh-huh. Go fuck yourself, asshole. Yeah, really. Um, uh, the thing is, you're paying me for 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. I need to understand how much more of my 40 hours a week you expect out of me. And there are, are many modern companies now who take the um, the idea around either flexible work or remote work or even just non-exempt salaried work. Yeah. As an excuse for minimum of forty hours, right? right. If you and, if you put in so- right at forty hours, well, you'll probably be able to keep your job, but you're not going to get the bonus. You're not going to get any of the extras. You're not you're you you may only last a couple years because you're not putting in the extra effort. But the guy so over there, that's not the right fit, right? Absolutely. And uh, and by right fit, that's not the right fit for me. And and this is what I'm saying is that yeah. this interview process. And this hiring process is a two-way street. Mm-hmm. Just like I'm looking like looking for the right fit for my company, I also, as a as a job seeker, need to find the right fit of a company for me. I need a company who respects my personal time. Um, I told my boss early on, um, as soon as I clock out, I, I turn my phone into do not disturb, and you're not going to be able to reach me. Period. That's just how I function. Um, Which is why I asked him, like, am I expected to stay after hours for any reason on a Mm -hmm. regular basis? And he said, the thing is with with shipping, sometimes on an off occasion, um, you know, a shipment clears and it needs to get the fuck out of the port, like right the fuck now, because the container has sat there for too long. And I might need you to stay for just, you know, a little bit extra to just get that sorted. But aside from that, the mm-hmm. second that your, you know, uh, 530 hits, go home. He's like, go home. I don't want to see your face. I don't want to hear from you until the next day. And I was like, good. You respect my personal time. Because yeah. I, I have worked shipping logistics before. And it does happen where, so we're on the East Coast and, um, our biggest market is on the West Coast. And so what happens is that sometimes when a container clears customs, um, mm-hmm. it's been sat at the exam site for way longer than it should be. And I need to get on that right the fuck now and get it moving. And oh, yeah. So yeah. On, 
rare, rare occasions, I have to stay maybe a half hour longer. Yeah. Whereas in my industry, we are expected to take an on-call shift. And when you're on call, uh, that, that, the whole 80 hours or 40 hours, <laughs> 80 hours a week, 40 hours a week thing hours. goes like right out the window. Because if you work, if, if you get paid to two in the morning and you have to spend three hours cleaning something up, you're still expected to be at work at 9 a.m. Or whenever you're supposed to be at work. Right. Right. There's there's and, no. And the, now in a good company where you've got enough people, maybe that's one day out of your on-call week a month. If right. it's a flaming clusterfuck it's every night three or four times for the entire week you're on call there was a job that i applied to at uh, crunch fitness um laugh get it out get it out now <laughs> i'm not laughing everybody's entitled to you know to their own their their own hobbies and fitness things and your Kevin? kink is not my kink and Kevin? yes I don't leave my house, much less go to the gym. <laughs> so why in the blue fuck I thought that I would get hired at Crunch fucking Fitness is so beyond my ken that I, I don't even know what the fuck was going on through my head. Was but, the hiring manager cute? Uh, was he cute? But, uh, so anyway, <laughs> he was. He was. But he was. But that's... Neither here nor there. Anyway, so, um, no, he really was. He was. Uh, no, that's, that's, yeah, no. But they played music all day and I would have hated myself. Anyway. Oh, well, yeah, that, that, that's, like, yeah. I like silence. I don't like, um, background noise when I'm trying to focus. And as a bookkeeper, I need a lot of time where I have to focus. Oh, yeah. And they want to hire me on as a bookkeeper. So I interviewed. And I asked that same question, like, how often do you expect me to stay past um, my normal working hours? And the hiring manager was like, once a month, we have to uh, interface with the left coast. And so you would have to stay for an extra hour um, past your working shift. Um, but that alternates amongst all the bookkeepers. So you only have to do it once every three months. Score. Honest answer. You know yeah. what I mean? Fair enough. Yeah. But, like, these are the kinds of um, questions that I want your uh, readers, listeners, 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 listeners yeah. to start, like, putting into their heads is, like, let's find out if I'm the right fit for this corporate culture. Am I expected to work myself into a froth um, every day and then get home so exhausted mm -hmm. that I don't even have, you know, the energy to uh, do my own laundry, you know, once a week sort of thing. Like, right. am I expected to come in on weekends and holidays and that kind of bullshit like you are when you're mm -hmm. in the restaurant business? Fuck that oh, yeah. noise. Um, like you need to really ask yourself, is this right for me? Maybe it's a, maybe I'm a good fit for the company, but maybe the company is an asshole and, and um, yeah. I need to let them know. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, maybe maybe you, you might be a good fit for the company. The company may not be a good fit for you. Exactly. And right? if you yeah. don't ask these questions that are important to you, um, you're going to wind up, you know, hired and working a job that you fucking hate. And that's not a good look either. Because honestly, yeah. um, my first job uh, at the restaurant in New York City, I didn't ask questions. Um because I wanted the job so badly because I really did want to be a chef. Um, 
and I got it, mm. you know, because of the published cookbook long before, you know, I even showed up in New York City. I, I got the job, but it ended up being this like fucking shit show where it was like, I was working holidays. I was working weekends. I was working um, until like two o'clock in the morning because we needed to make sure that the restaurant is scrubbed down enough because uh, there wasn't enough time to do it during the day or during the regular shifts. Mm -hmm. And then I have to show up for an 11 a.m. shift the next day. And it's like, uh, maybe if I had had, you know, half a brain at that time to not have have this starry-eyed uh, viewpoint of like I really want to be a chef in a restaurant and you know follow my passion of cooking because mm-hmm. we talked about this before, Kevin. Yeah. Sometimes your passion project does not need to be your job. Uh, no, uh, I believe uh, I think we said uh, that you are allowed to lose money on your hobbies. You do not need to make your hobbies into jobs. It, into a job, and yeah. frankly. Um, if if your hobby, like mine, like I said, I, I worked in that restaurant for seven years. Um, you know, I, I had a cookbook published. I constantly was cooking. I was constantly thinking about food. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I'm working at this restaurant for seven years, and I was still making my ex-husband three meals a day. So it's not like I was one of those chefs who would go to the restaurant and cook for everybody else and then come home and eat, you know, uh, uh, what do you call, uh, fucking Chef Boyardee or some shit. You know what I mean? I, I like Chef Boyardee, but I get your point. I get your point. <laughs> no, no. No shame on Chef Boyardee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about with, no, like, uh, the shoemaker's children never have shoes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, no, no. I, I get it. Yeah. That was not me. I Even though I cooked how many hours a day, I would still come home and cook every meal for my husband because mm-hmm. it's, I loved cooking so much, and it was such a passion for me. And so... I really wanted that restaurant gig to work. I really wanted it to work. And it did not because $11 an hour uh, while I exited in 2013. Oh, Lord. While I'm doing the books, while I'm doing inventory control, while I'm doing recipe cost control, while I'm doing all these high level shits that, you know, should qualify me for a much better salary. Well, the restaurant wasn't pulling in that much money. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. No, no. And thank God that I'm old enough now that I look back on it and think, okay, it was a good experience. I I learned a lot of things, um, but <laughs> I couldn't stay in that job. No, no. And I have, I have, uh, I think everybody has those, those, um, I believe what they used to say in the old days was that sort of job builds character. If I get any more character. Or, or that yeah. about like, do what you love and it won't be work. Uh, bitch. Yes, it was. Uh, yeah. I, I love what I do, but I, I expect to get paid for it. And I get I expect to get paid what I'm worth. And quite oh, frankly, yeah. uh, I would also like my own time. Like, mm-hmm. just because I love, love what I do doesn't mean that I don't deserve time for myself. Or that I want to do that all hours of all days. Because, uh, as we all know, if you, have, if you just do the same thing all day, every day, it goes from passion and love to hatred and boredom. And yeah, yeah. and spite. And, and just sp- like, yeah. what are we fucking doing anymore? Why, yes, this is the so, exact same menu we had for the last five years. Why have we not changed the menu? Uh, we changed the menu constantly, but the thing is, is that I wasn't getting paid for all that creativity right. that I was putting into it. Yeah. Um, I made specials all the time, um, just pulling it out of thin air and mm-hmm. was not 
getting paid for my creativity. It was like, it's like the creative professions don't get respect with regards to pay. And I know that you're intimately familiar with this. Because oh, yeah. Um, and in many cases, though, with the independent artist or illustrator, it is much more of a um, don't actually know the value of their own work. And so like, right. Yeah. So if someone else sets her prices or, or at, she asks what her prices should be, what they think her prices should be, it's usually higher than what she would have set it herself. Which is fucked mm-hmm. up. So uh, the artist that I work for, I don't know if I talked about this, but um, the artist that I worked for would do magazine covers and, you know, New York Times uh, editorial pieces and that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know how all these people talk about exposure? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So actually, publications that will give you actual exposure have a thing called a kill fee i'm sure you might know what it is maybe that's no that one's new to me so a kill fee is what you pay an artist uh when you commission their services Mm -hmm. and they have given you the proofs and that the proofs have gotten um approved um but the final artwork did not get approved by the muckety mucks right right so they have to kill the project. Right. The kill fee is something between 75 and 80% of the original contract. Ah, okay. <laughs> so if you offered to pay uh, $1,000 for this editorial piece, um, the kill fee is at, at least 750 bucks. Uh, okay. And that's on a piece that you did not publish. That's yeah. So there's a lot of incentive to get it right, and there's a lot of incentive not to, not to. Well, I'm not going to say not to kill the piece, but there's incentive for you to do your best work, whether it's going to get killed or not. Correct. Yeah. Regardless, because you're still going to get paid. And the thing is, any serious publication is not going to tell you do it for the exposure. They're going to say we're going to pay you X amount of dollars. Maybe it's slightly less than what you would have gotten paid by, like, you know. like a smaller indie press type of thing. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you're still going to get paid one way or the other. And every single one of the largest publications, and I'm talking New York times, Boston globes, Washington Post, like big ones, they all have that kill fee built into their budget because it's like, sometimes you hire uh, an artist to do a thing. um, But the editor decides that that's not the right piece. Yeah, well, yeah, the story's changed, or we've had to go with something else, so that that we don't need that. Correct. Pay the guy and 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 call it done. Correct, but yeah. none of them will ever tell you, uh, "Oh, do it for the exposure." They will never tell you that because they know that if you're a serious artist who needs to deliver on time, that you deserve to get paid. And I, I will, I will go with what my friend Elizabeth Bear says all the time. And that is to remind you that how often have you heard he died from exposure? Right. <laughs> and P.S. Uh, mm-hmm. My light bill does not get paid in exposure. Yeah, exactly. All all that's this. all this all the all that exposure is going to do is expose me to being hungry and expose me to being in the dark and cold, and not getting paid, and not getting paid. Yeah. Right. So. Ask these questions of these companies so that you understand what it is that you're getting into when you sign this fucking uh, contract with them. Because at the end of the day, if you don't lay out what's required for you, um, they're going to continue to run roughshod over us. And and the Mm -hmm. thing is, is that if enough people tell these companies this is not an acceptable thing, 
uh, maybe they'll start to fucking change. Or they pick everything up and move it to uh, China or India or, you know, wherever. Right. right. But the issue is, is that so I, I've I've worked in this co-working space. And what happens is that I have a lot of international um, uh, not customers, but, you mm-hmm. know, people who work next to me um, and the vast majority of them need somebody who's in the U.S. who speaks English because right. the owner does not speak enough good English. Mm hmm. So this is not something that they can outsource to another country because their customers demand that level of service, if you get what I mean. Oh, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, and quite frankly, again, with these boutique companies is that if you don't have somebody who can be the face of your company, who can interface with these very, very high profile clients, um, you're talking so like my typical contract um, with a company that's buying rice from us. You're mm-hmm. talking like um, at least least one and a half million dollars a year per product. Right, that's a lot of money. So, right, and so like each uh, company orders anywhere between four and five products: uh, uh, conventional, organic, conventional mm-hmm. white, organic white uh conventional brown organic brown parboiled white uh conventional parboiled white um organic like Mm -hmm. basically you're talking like five or six skews per person and so like each company you're talking anywhere between like five and six million dollars a year they don't want to deal with someone who talk like this like (laughs) Um, yeah truth truth they don't want to fucking deal with it and they don't want to deal with um a company that's disorganized because they're talking about multi-million dollar contracts per year and it's, they need somebody who mm-hmm. first of all speaks fluent English yep. um, who can deal with um, their very stringent requirements for documentation and third party audits and HACCP plans and all that other shit point is is that I think Americans undervalue our abilities you know what I mean uh, no I, I agree I, I agree totally. Um, but if you so there's like this weird there's this weird line where if you're a guy and you are too self confident, you're arrogant. Um, or if you're not self confident enough, you're not enough of a man, as it were. Um, whereas there's also the thing there's where the difference between cocky and uh, self confident. That's true. That's true. Um, but those same qualities in women are are, are you know, completely are, are considered often considered negatives. Right. Right. Yeah. She's, uh, he's, he is, uh, very assertive. Um, she's bossy. Right. Right. And that I, I think it not just undervaluing ourselves, but I think something that we really need to address is that disparity where we're still, even in this day and age, ha ha ha, um, not treating all of our coworkers equally. We're not, but but again, with these boutique companies, you get those opportunities because that's true. They work differently. Um, so that company that I was telling you that my friend didn't get hired for, mm-hmm. um, he hired this woman who's in her sixties. Okay. She she worked for um, luxury car brands for years and years and years. So like Maserati, BMW, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Rolls Royce, like she worked 
in their uh, legal department where basically when these people were pissed off enough that they had to call corporate and say, like, if you don't fix this shit, we're going to fucking sue. She worked for them for years. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's in her 60s. And she's a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot see her getting hired at a big corporate gig. But in this boutique company, she was a perfect fit. And the owner was like, oh, my God, I would be stupid not to hire you. You're yeah. in. Yeah. And that's that is one of the advantages of the of the boutique companies is they are also willing to say this person is perfect. And even though it would be, you know, any other company you're thinking of, the big companies, they I might not make as much money at the boutique company, but I'm likely to get to be able to get a better culture fit. Well, and so mm -hmm. that's been my experience is that yeah. I have tried to apply for corporate jobs with uh, my, uh, I hate using the word maiden name, but let's be honest. <laughs> Fair. Before Fair. I was married, I didn't hyphenate. Um, uh, I, I tried to use my full name, my full Indian name and my full Indian last name, and I wouldn't even get people calling me back. Um, Oof. People at all assholes. Like, yeah, yeah. and i had the qualifications and and i've been on the opposite side of the hiring this thing and i knew what i was doing it's not like you know i'm some fucking idiot mm -hmm. but they saw my name and would just pass um there's a reason why i have not worked for a large corporation in a very long time is because uh nobody wants to hire you know, Indian dude. Uh, yeah, well, uh, the the immediate assumption that oh, well, he's probably here on a on an H one B. He's probably right. yeah, yeah. No, all of and that that goes. Probably with has it. an accent. Yeah, yeah. And the truth is and that so, you know, yeah, born in Florida. No, no, no. I was born in Delhi. Oh, you're born. Oh, you're born in Delhi. But mm -hmm. I didn't realize well, we moved yet. to Florida when I was four. Oh, okay. See. I do have an accent, but it's not that accent. <laughs> no, well, I mean, it's it's like mine. I, I was born in Pennsylvania, and we moved to North Carolina when I was, like, poor. That's where that drawl comes from. That's, yeah. Because it comes out once in a while. It doesn't come out often. If you get me drunk or talking about food, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to go into, I get really Southern, or depending on the food, really Queens. Uh, yeah, because I've heard it from KUEC for how many years now? <laughs> like, I've been a very long time yeah. listener. <laughs> yeah. But, you but know, what I'm saying is, is like, they would take one look at my name mm -hmm. and just not even give me the chance. They just but write it off. Yeah. Companies, even with that name, I would get callbacks because they need such specific requirements that I was able to fulfill it. Um I don't have a chance with a large corporate gig. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I totally get it. Yeah. And, and I completely get where women are coming from, not in the same way that I'm coming from because yeah. it's different. Um, obviously it's different because like they see my name, they see a male name and, and you know, fine, whatever, at least, uh, I don't have a woman's name where it's like, oh, uh -huh, what's she going to be? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. No, I know totally what you mean. I've seen it happen. It drives me crazy. But then yeah. But then I'll get an interview and then I show up. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
and all of me shows up. And um, I tell people like my flame br- burns bright enough to see from space. You're yeah, you're you're pretty close there. Pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, the faculty comes through hard. <laughs> like it's not something one can shove under the rug, as it were, because, you know, there it is. Here it is. Yeah. Um, and so with corporate gigs that I've even gotten through that, you know, um, racism for, mm-hmm. I show up and then the homophobia shows up and it's like, oh, um, yeah, we uh, uh, found someone who's a better fit. Yeah. Sure, Karen, whatever you say. Yeah, sure, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and it's not it's that, fine. And, and often it's not that you're it, it's not that you're gay. It's you're too gay. Oh, oh, honey, I am way past too gay. I am into, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, there is zero doubt in anybody's mind after they talk to me or they meet me or they, if if you had the video feed, you would see how much I use my hands um, <laughs> the entire time. I'm very surprised that you can't hear the wind passing past my microphone as I flail my hands as I talk. No, 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 no. I, I, but I, I do get the impression that I could light a cigarette off of you from across the street. <laughs> and I would probably ask you to light it for me because I'm that fag. So, they... <laughs> like, what I'm saying... <laughs> Be a gentleman, you know what I mean? So, like, I know I'm a lot. Um, right. But the thing is, is that if my extra ass has managed to gotten hired and get into a position where I'm in charge of hiring and firing. Um, y'all can do this shit. You Absolutely, this. yeah. You got this. You will be okay. And, and 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 the reason why I mentioned the whole thing about asking questions to the interviewer is that every single um, job that I've landed um, has told me, has given me the feedback. It was those questions that you asked me that showed me that you were so engaged with um, what this position entails that made me feel comfortable with what you wanted to do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. 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 Um, And that's the same reason why that company that uh, didn't hire my friend kept his resume on file is because they were like, he asked such good questions about us. Um, and what his opportunities would be and where he could grow and where he could help the company grow, um, that we want to keep him in our back pocket because just in case we find a spot for him, we're going to snap him up real quick. All right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Bring him back in. See if he's available. Exactly. So quick review, right? Mm-hmm. Good resume. Good resume. Make a master resume and snip out everything that's not relevant. Mm-hmm. Fair. Fair. No, I'm 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 probably doing that like uh, this weekend, maybe early next right. week. I got articles to write, so yeah. I mean, you got some shit to do. Yeah. Uh, use the resume as an outline for your cover letter. Mm-hmm. Use the middle parts of your cover letter as a template, yep. and use the first and last paragraph as you customized to each job right right show up to the re- uh, to the interview uh representing yourself as who you are i learned that lesson the hard way absolutely right um and which means 
saying what you really love doing, what you really hate doing, and mm-hmm. why. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Even if they don't ask, tell them. Mm-hmm. Because it happened at... Um, one of the resumes, uh, sorry, resumes, one of the job postings that I went for, um, they didn't ask me, like, what are you good at? What do you hate doing? Blah, blah, blah. Um, I came prepared with that answer in my head. And I was like, can we talk about something right quick? Um, but Kevin, I'm sure you've realized by now that, um, you know, I have the ability to talk. <laughs> uh, just, just, I, I don't know. Hold on. Let me, let me, hold on. You, no, no, I can't find anybody disagreeing with me on this end. Oh, wait, I'm alone in the room at the moment. So, yeah, um, the skull agrees that you have the ability to talk. <laughs> but, like, the thing is, is that you're allowed to tell the interviewer, hey, um, there's something that I would like to talk about that I don't think that we covered. Uh, let's yeah. go over some of the things that I really love about my work and some of the things that I'm not comfortable doing. And, mm-hmm. and let's talk about why. And. The thing is, is that if they forgot to ask you that question, now you seem really, really fucking impressive. Right. Because you're you're like, let's let's talk about this. Let's see where I fit. Right? Let's do the corporate <laughs> speak, Kevin. Let's be proactive. That's yeah. No, absolutely. Come on. That's, they, <laughs> they eat that shit up. They do. And so, like, <laughs> let's just let's just let's just have this conversation. And the other thing is, is that if the interviewer keeps asking stupid question after stupid question all you have to do is take control of that fucking interview and say like uh okay let me answer this question for you specifically but can we also talk about this um because that mm-hmm. is a thing that you're allowed to do that the interviewer will be thrilled because here's the thing i, I don't know who you are i've read your resume i've read your cover letter i've done my best and this is awkward for me as it is for you and or sometimes it's not even about the awkward. It's the this guy just wants to get out of this situation as quickly as possible and get back to his hole and start coding again. Or, right. And if know. that's the case, that's fine. But like, just try to connect with me in such a way that mm-hmm. we both understand that we're both here to try to steer the same ship, so to speak. Like, as it were, yes. we're trying to get to the same goal. Right. Right. Um, so. Talk about those things that you think are important to the job. And then on top of that, ask questions. Ask all the questions that you need answered to make Mm -hmm. you feel comfortable in this position. Because the thing is, is that if this company is an asshole, why put a blemish on your record Mm -hmm. that you got fired, that you weren't a good fit? Right. Right. Now it looks like you're jumping. Now it looks like you're jumping from job to job to job. And... Yep. And it, but again, Why? but again, if it looks like you're jumping from job to job to job a lot, don't stop. Explain it. Yeah, uh, you don't. Well, not not just don't explain it, uh, or do explain it, but take a good hard look in the mirror because it may not be the company. Maybe it's me. That's right. Yeah, yeah. If you see, if it seems like you're dealing with a lot of assholes, maybe you should stop and ask yourself: Am I the asshole? Am I the asshole? Mm -hmm. Or also take a good hard look at the things that you're applying to and really ask yourself, is this something that I really actually want to be doing for the next N amount of years? Right. Yeah. 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 At the end of the day, Kevin, Mm -hmm. none of this is hard. No, it's all scary. Sometimes it's scary as fuck. And (laughs) with someone who has, as much anxiety and depression and the rest of it, like mm-hmm. I do, 
Um, it's not easy to get out of your head with regards to the whole job search situation because it's like, <sighs> what happens if I end up living, you know, not even in a cardboard box, but mm -hmm. on like a cardboard sheet underneath the Brooklyn Bridge and who the fuck wants to be in Brooklyn. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah no, 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 no. Yeah, because I mean, the refrigerator boxes, those are the expensive ones. I know. We can't yeah. afford that shit right That's now. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, banana crates from uh, the produce aisle that throws it out behind the grocery store. Oh, that one. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and you can't even find it behind Morton Williams because they don't even get them in crates because fuck Morton Williams. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. point is, <laughs> like, I understand how nerve-wracking that job search can be because there was a point at which my husband did not have a job and I had to work three of them. Right. It's hard. It's hard to live in this economy. It's hard to oh, yeah. um, put up with the bullshit that the corporate overlords think that we should be putting up with mm -hmm. um but landing that job takes time mm -hmm. um and i i there's this whole hippy dippy shit about like being mindful and like you know blah 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 the one point where i agree with them is like we need to be mindful of what's right for us and what is oh, going yeah to not feed us but like at least we don't hate so to speak you know what i mean yeah i mean there's there's this belief that work is work and work doesn't have to be enjoyable as long as it gets done and i i kind of reject that i i uh -oh. subscribe to the i think i think uh, Ursula's about to tell me we're running along i we might be running long are we running long it's it's been two and a half hours Oh, shit. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we did it again. Yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway. We were wrapping up. Okay, longer. yeah. Um, work can be work, and it mm -hmm. doesn't have to fulfill you. But work also shouldn't have to make you feel like a piece of shit and get yeah. you home every day just ragged into shreds of your former self. Yeah. And if that seems to be happening all the time, maybe it's time to look for a new job. And and that's what I'm saying is yep. that like if if the three jobs aren't paying enough, maybe it's time to look for the one job that will. And it's mm -hmm. gonna take time, and it's gonna be effort. And the thing is, is that I know that struggle when you're coming home from your third job and the house is filthy, and now you have to cook dinner, and now you have to now send out resumes. I get it. I yeah. get it. But just take one hour every week and just do the thing because at the end of the day finding something that's a good fit um makes you feel so much better and everything else falls into place after that uh and that is absolute truth that is absolute truth once you find a place where you don't feel like an absolute piece of shit every single day all of a sudden you're not crying into your pillow every night <laughs> you know trying to get some sleep yeah because i've been there and I know how hard it is. And when I was working those three jobs and I got this fucking rice job, um, I didn't have energy to do dick. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, uh, since I changed jobs away from the one that, uh, you know, the, the one that did all the federal compliance work and that was literally killing me, I've noticed my energy has just been increasing slowly but surely over time. Huge. Yeah, big difference. I'm still depressed. I'm mm -hmm. still anxious. I still have all these mental health issues. But the thing is, is that... 
because I don't have to worry about uh, healthcare insurance, mm-hmm. that takes a huge load off my shoulders. Because I don't have to worry about can my boss pay me on time, that takes an enormous oh, load huge, off my shoulders. Oh, huge, huge. Yeah, I've, I've been in the situation where I was working, but I wasn't getting paid. With the promises on time. That, on, on time. Yeah, no, I, I did eventually get paid. But yeah, um, uh, we're talking, you know, two months, three months later. But yeah, yeah, but I did get paid. But on the 15th and the 30th of every month, I get paid, period. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and regardless ha- of how much vacation I took, regardless of how much sick time I had, regardless of anything, I always get paid twice a month. Yeah. And, and that's that's a that's- huge difference. And I don't think people understand how important that is to have until they have it. Right. Kevin, I finally put all my bills on auto pay. Oh, uh, good for you. I have not been able to do that since I was working that corporate job at the university back in 2000. I really need to set more things on auto pay. (laughs) But, but... You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, it's I know such what you mean. a privilege to be able to have your student loans, your light bill, your mm-hmm. rent, your everything on auto pay. Like, I don't have to think about it. Nobody's going to cut off my lights because I forgot to pay the bill because I didn't get paid on time. Right. Oh, no. That, in your tummy, that happens every time you get the anxiety that you don't get paid on time mm-hmm. is not fucking worth working that job. Find something better. Find, no, absolutely. I, I agree 100%. And if you need advice, email me. Yes, and I'll spell the email correctly this time. (laughs) It's A-L-T-V-E-G at M-E dot com. Right. What did I put down? Dino. I I don't know. I'll go look. Oh, Dino. Of course, that's what I put down. Yeah. 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 But it's Altveg, like the book, Alternative Vegan. So it's A-L-T-V-E-G at uh, at M-E dot com. Email me if you need some advice on, you know, resumes mm-hmm. or cover letters or job searching or you're just feeling some kind of way and you're feeling hopeless and everything's shitty. Email me. Let yep. me know how you're feeling so that I can walk you through it. Yep. Just yep. like you walk me through your resume with your cover letter. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be your tour guide. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Thanks, my friend. Thank you so much. Um, Always have to always, be, oh, and I'll be gone again. Me, I moved the mouse again. Oh, I see what you want to do. Of course you did. Of course I did. Yeah. No, I moved the mouse again, and it, it blanked out. I'm noticing now there's this big crack on my uh, trackpad. That's unfortunate. I wonder if that has something to do with it. Uh, as you do. So anyway, but like I said, I'm yeah. always happy to be back on. Um, if you want to talk about organization during cooking, I would love to have an episode <laughs> on that. Um, productivity cooking, like we can do that shit. Oh, yeah. You no. cook and I cook. And I would love to come back on anytime. Yep. And you know, of course, if you're ever in the neighborhood, you give us a shout and uh, we'll go out to dinner because I don't want you to see the state of my kitchen. For sure. And I will buy you both a whiskey so that I can get Ursula ranting on potatoes because I want to hear that in person. (laughs) That is completely (laughs) fair. Completely fair. All right. All right. Love you guys. Take care, Kevin. All right. I'll catch you later, man. Have a good night. And uh, for the people at home, we'll be back right after this.
And there you have it. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I know it was a long one. I applaud you for getting all the way to the end and dealing with all of our little side topics and things like that. I'm going to try to be quick about this. The badge code this week is resume. You can look that up and how you, and get it spelled right. And you'll get the badge on the website by entering the code and the open badges that we issue that you can take other places with all the metadata. See? Quick. The other thing to remember is you can support this podcast and all the other podcasts we make by going to either patreon.com slash Ursula V, where you get some nice bonuses like free copies of the self-published T. Kingfisher books as they come out, or you can buy me a coffee at uh, ko-fi.com slash K-S-O-N-N-E-Y. Hey, isn't that cool? There's also handy links for other ways to support us at the productivityalchemy.com homepage under support. And my brain is already a little frazzled because it's been a long day. It was a long weekend, but it was a fantastic weekend. I think I explained that at the beginning, and now you understand why I had the big explicit language <laughs> warning at the beginning. Anyway, folks, I'm going to go back to recovery, and I hope we will see you again next week. Try to stay productive, folks. And just because she's not here to do it. Woo!